0: Good evening everybody, we are here with our Q&A, January the, oh 21st, I was thinking it was 20th, I got it wrong, 21st, is
1: today 21st? Yesterday, 21st, yeah, it's 21st.
0: I'm one day behind
1: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So much to catch up with first. <laughs> <laughs> so much happened, because... Of the events that take place Except when you them um, in the White House Nothing happens <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to worry about Catching up the news of the White House <laughs> uh, Session 152 And we welcome you all For the questions, lots of questions We'll try to answer at least a portion of it And we thank once again For all who send the questions We trust God for the answers Shall we pray Father, this evening we come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, Father. Thank you for the gift of life. Three weeks, Father, three weeks you brought us through. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Three weeks of this first month of this new year. Thank you, thank you, Lord. We come at this time into thy hands, O Lord. The questions, Lord, begin with you. You're the one who asks the question. Adam, Adam, where are you? Who told you? Hmm. What have you done? Why are you angry? Questions. If you don't ask questions, Lord, we will not find answers. It is written, Lord, that at 12 you were seated on the temple, listening and asking questions. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father, for all the questions. Hmm. I pray we'll have the wisdom to answer life's questions, Lord. So we come at this time into Thy hands. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 amen.
1: Pastor, we'll start with question number eight. Question number eight. uh, Says, uh, grant me now my supplication, none of self and all of thee. I have noticed in my life I have a tendency even to fail to appreciate what is regarded by the Bible as the greatest virtue of all, namely humility. We struggle to be humble. <laughs> you say it is right.
0: <laughs> See, if you go to Colossians uh, one twenty-seven, if I'm right, Christ and then Jesus. Galatians 2.20. mm mm-hmm. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then in two twenty, Galatians 2.20, Paul will say, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Hmm. There are two kinds of humility. There's a kind of humility which is there in the world. There's a humility that is there in the kingdom. They're not necessarily the same. Mm. The humility in the world, genuine humble people, it's a humility of the self. Why we struggle with humility is in the genuine humility, there's an exchange of life. Mm. There's an exchange of life. I have to exchange my life for the life of God. And the old self will always oppose it because the old self wants to live. That is why even believers struggle with humility. And Jesus says, learn of me. I am meek and lowly. Mm. Okay. If Jesus is not humble, then he cannot receive the life of the Father. Mm. This is the primary. uh, There are a lot of humble people in the world, but that is the humility of the self. Mm. It is not the humility of God. You see, the beginning of faith, the beginning of salvation, the first thing is that we have to humble ourselves at the cross. We have to receive somebody's work and negate all of ours. And that's a struggle. Yeah. Many people don't get saved because of they're not willing to negate all. When it says repentance from that dead works. works, it means all your works. We are ready to repent from our evil works or bad works. We are not ready to repent from our good works, mm. meaning not to put trust in it at all. That is the basic struggle. It's a basic struggle, okay? Because we need to realize every day that struggle is there. Mm. The struggle is who will live. Who will live. And like I said, the, the word of faith movement, the word of faith is a word from the Bible itself. Much of their teaching is not actually false. It is true. The problem is many of them who teach it, especially who came in later, who teach it, they have slightly subverted it and it is projecting to yourself and the self receives it. Your, Like I said, your best life. You, 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 you. Using the principles of God and the power of God to boost self. And that's why it's received like wildfire and tens and thousands People gather, yes. and the books are sold. It is not that per se what they are teaching is wrong. The question is, who are you talking to, is the question. Hmm. Who is the you there? Hmm. Is it you? Like he says, I have been crucified Crucifer. with Christ. So if I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live. Hmm. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the son of God, it's not in actually KJV will put it of the Son of God who loved no uh, who loved me. Okay. So now in the second in the second part of that words, I has changed. Mm. Okay. So in the first I it is Paul. Mm. I am crucified with Christ. Mm. Nevertheless, I love. Mm. God is not negating my personality. It's mm. <clears throat> not negating my personality. God is living. Through me. But there's a difference between the second me and the first me. The first me is my old self. The second me is the new born, of, born again person from God through the Spirit of God and that is person wants to live unto God. So God is not negating personalities like I said. That's why the illustrations that is used in the most powerful illustration because God uses the illustration of a land, of a building, all kinds of illustration. But the actual real illustration is the illustration of the body. Mm. He is the head. We are the body. And if you look at my my simple thing on the camera, if you look, every finger is different. Nothing, something looks common, yet they are all different. Hmm. They are not in conflict with one another. They work in unity. If one hurts, the others all feel it and they try to help it. He says, remember, that's how. You're all different parts of the body. You're all different, but it's the same life that is flowing. What is keeping them all alive? It is the blood. Life is in the blood, in the body. The body of Christ, it is not the blood, it is the spirit. Blood is for atonement of the old man's sins. The spirit is life. Understand. Mm. So God's saying the same Spirit of Christ will live through all the different people. He will manifest differently because that's a God, a God of variety. Look at creation. It's so vibrant. He says, we are not, he says, he's not saying, I'm not making clothes. I'm not in clone business. I'm making you different. And God's life is being projected through billions of his children. And the thing is that the old man doesn't like that. So even when the old man is humbling himself, he is humbling himself for himself. Himself, Himself. He's not humbling himself for God. Mm -hmm. But the new man, it's a different thing. And this is where pride comes. That's where pride comes. Okay. So that's the difference. That is the difference we had. It's a very subtle difference, but it's a very powerful difference because we will see very godly people and all in the world. They're very humble. But that humility is not the humility of God. It's not a humility of God. It's a humility. See, the old man has eaten from the, the tree, tree of, of good, good and, and evil. Yeah. And mm. he can be really, really, really good mm. if he wants to be. But the whole question is not, like I said, when the first law came in. The first law is Genesis 2, 17 you broke the law. And after that, everybody comes under the law. What happens is, man is now living not the way he was supposed to live before the fall. In before the fall, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. This is a this is a truth God has spoken. A truth Adam has not experienced. He doesn't know what death is. He has no clue of Any manifestation of death, not even a cold or an allergy has he had it. So no form of sickness. He does not know what death is. So with this statement God makes, Adam is called to live by faith. He doesn't know what it is, but he has to trust God. That if I eat, I will die. What is death? He doesn't know. I trust you, Lord. So this was the life that Adam and Eve were called to live with God, live by faith with God oh. by what he says. Now, in the new birth, we are being reverting back to the original way, love by faith, mm-hmm. by what God says. Yes. Instead, he ate. Once he ate, what happened is, now the knowledge of good and evil has comes. He lives by the knowledge of good and evil. He becomes the arbiter. So, all people make to you, you say, this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. But who told you? Hmm. Who told you? Then the law comes. So there are two kinds of laws in which man operates. All of mankind operates under the law of good and evil, and they will die. <laughs> die. And then there are people who live under the Mosaic law, and they will also die. God says, you are born again by truth, and you shall live by truth. Truth is different from good and evil. Something that looks very, very good and you make a choice according to that may not be true. Hmm. i give you this example. There's a story of a missionary and um, a, a local pastor and a missionary who had come and they were traveling in a general compartment. And then this lady comes with this baby. The baby looks all very sick and everything and they're filled with compassion. And the missionary puts his hand in his pocket to take out money and he says, no, don't give it. He says, why, why, why? He says, not, you know, look at her, the child is starving, the woman. He says, no, this is a gang, I know them. The child is not hers. The child was probably kidnapped. And now they take the children to elicit sympathy and they get your money. Now what happened? He wanted to do something good. Good, when But good. when the, it is not true, mm. when the truth came in, instead of compassion, what he's is feeling is anger. Mm. He's feeling <clears throat> anger. He's feeling anger. So the question is, we are not supposed to buy the principle of good and evil. We're supposed to go by the principle of truth. And that is where the Holy Spirit comes. Holy Spirit comes. He says that when the Spirit comes, He will lead you to all truth. So the question is never to ask, is this right or this wrong? Is this good or this is evil? That's not a question. The question is to ask the Spirit of God is, Lord, what I am doing, is it true in your sight? Mm. And that comes by faith. Because when you look at it, it looks so good or looks so bad. But when you hear, you hear something else. You hear something else. Look, here is a man sitting there for 38 years. Jesus inquires and probably find this guy. has been sitting here for 38 years, crippled, has not got up. Is living a terrible life. And Jesus comes and asks him the question, do you want to get well? Why? Because that's what the Spirit is ask, telling him to ask. This is the truth about him. He really doesn't want to get well. He has to make his decision. It is not about good or bad. Isn't it good to raise him up? But the question is, does he want to be raised mm. up? Is he willing to pick up his mat? Mm. Is he willing to put away all his excuses? Is he willing to start a new fresh life where he will never come back here and pretend he is crippled even after he is healed because he realizes it is an easy way of life? Is he willing to take responsibility for his life? So it is a different question he's asking at all. The question he's asking is not a question based on good and evil. It's a question based on truth. Mm. It's a question based on truth. So we need to realize humility of God, because you know what? The Bible says, if you go to James uh, one twenty one, where to receive with meekness. Yeah yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, look at that. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness. What is that? Humility. Mm. The implanted word. What is that? The truth, hmm. which is able to save your souls. Which is able to save your souls. Okay, We have to be very, very careful with this concept about good and evil. but That's the law. The first law that is given. Because you know what? Many, many of the good things which we do, we are doing because we want to be appreciated by people. And it is not true. The work we are doing is not true. God says, I don't want you to do that, but if I don't do that, my spouse will be offended, my children will be offended, my church will be offended. God says, you want to be true or you want to work on the principle of good and evil? Elijah prayed for three and a half years, it did not rain. Yes. And when Ahab sings, "Is you are the troubler of Israel. Now, if he's going to go by the principle of good and evil, he should be praying for rain. He's not going by the principle of good and evil. He's going by the principle of what is true. Mm. The truth is that if it rains, these people will all go to hell. They will never turn to God. What needs to happen here, the heavens have to be shut down. They have to come to the end of themselves Mm. so that they will turn to God. Now, it is not the principle of good and evil. the principle of what is true in Mm. God's sight. Mm. The prodigal son. Son is starving. He has no friends. The question is, is the father going to send him a money order? No. Is he going to send him a check? Is he going this mother going to sneak some food across? That that wouldn't be that would be good. Yeah. But it wouldn't be true. True. He would never. So we need to always ask this question, and that is where our issue with humility comes. The humble people in the world will do good. But that does not mean all the good they do is true mm. and it will have an eternal effect. Hmm. Eternal effect, because there are, it's not based on. So it is based on the principle of hmm. good and evil. We have this current commandment that is a commandment of tolerance. Hmm. Tolerance, tolerate, no tolerance, tolerate all these things. Why are you? The question is, tolerate homosexuality, tolerate transgenderism. The question is, we can tolerate them and allow them to have. But the question is, is that true? Where will they reach? Where will they reach if you allow them to go that way? So that's the that's the whole question, you know. Their lifestyle is not true. It may look good to them, and if you tolerate, it may be good for you. There is no harassment, but the question is, is it true? And if it is not true, by keeping silent, are you true? Bah, are you true? But he says, speak the truth in love. Be very careful why you speak is because you really care for them. Ephesians four fourteen or fifteen it says speak the truth in love. Because if you don't speak the truth, you will not grow. The Bible says no, speaking the truth in love, in love may grow up in all things. What does it mean? In all things search for what is true. Why am I doing this? Am I placing myself? Or am I trying to... So in faith, the real aspect of faith is that faith is always trying to please God, not self. But that's not the way faith is taught today. Faith is pleasing self. Name it, claim it, take it. It's about self. No. Bible says faith pleases God. So even in faith, the core intention is to please God and not self. So, we have to look that 's where the issue with humility comes. There is a humility in the world. People like Gandhi and all were extremely humble, humble people, yeah. extremely genuine that is the as far as the human soul, soul. can progress in goodness, yeah. but God is not go at judging people by the principle of what is good and evil. He is going to judge on the principle of what is true, what is true and that's where humility comes in. So the issue is that we struggle with humility is because of the old man. It's because of the old man. And the old man, when he does good, the simple question is, when the old man does good, and if he's not appreciated, you know what what happens? He's offended. Oh. Okay? Then the old man is also because of this concept about karma. Okay, I need to do good, I need to do good, I need to do good. And even if he's not appreciated, what happens? He keeps doing good. Because he humbles himself and he keeps doing good. But now what happens is he's proud that he's humble. (laughs) He won't say it to anybody deep inside. He's very feeling good about his humility (laughs) because, you see, I'm not like the other persons Mm. who, when they are not appreciated, they stop doing good. I still keep doing good, (laughs) even when I'm not appreciated. And he feels good about it because he's proud about his humility now. The humility of God is completely different thing. It is not even thinking about the self. Hmm. It's thinking about him, how to
1: please C.S. Lewis says that he says humility is not thinking less about yourself, but thinking l- about yourself less. <laughs> thinking less about, about yourself you, less. Not thinking less, less about, about yourself, yourself, but
0: thinking about yourself, about yourself less. It's always <laughs> thinking about God and the other. Honestly, without God's kind of humility, you cannot keep the law. Bah. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as hmm. yours. Yes, you. These are fundamental things. So that's mm. why the first thing that comes is that lowliness in the, it is actually in the spirit. Mm. That's why God says, blessed are the, poor, the poor in the spirit." spirit. Yes, it yeah. is something the Holy Spirit brings mm. into you. You cannot manufacture it. Of course, with the human self, with that humility, you look and mm. you realize and you receive that gift of mm. faith. And you get after that, when the Holy Spirit comes in, you have to lean, even for humility, you have to lean on the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, create it in me. I don't I, I don't want the other one. Mm. There's another humility which I know. I don't want that. One. Not that it is bad, but I don't It is not true. Mm. It is not true. I want yours. Teach me, Lord. Help me. This is this. That's what the Bible says in Galatians 5 26. You need to understand, this is life. Okay. 25. <coughs> 25. 25 if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit there's only one life God will accept now it's the life in the, the spirit. spirit okay we saw last week you know the spirit is the way mm. the spirit mm. is yeah, truth absolutely. and the spirit mm. is life the spirit is life romans eight ten the spirit is life 1 John 5, 6, the spirit is truth. and Walking in the spirit means where do you walk? You walk on a road, (laughs) right? So the spirit himself becomes the way because the spirit is truth. So God, that's why we have to read people, experience like the epistles of Paul and see his life and read people like Watchman and all to understand why their life is a different, different, completely different. It's a different tangent altogether, people like him. Twenty-one years in the prison, but what a life. What a powerful life. It's a life in the spirit. Mm. We are not living a life on a normal plane altogether. And we have to progress into that. Because that's the life to which we are called. The thing is that if you let's say you live for 80 years and you were saved at let us say 20, so you were saved for 60 years. And the last two years is when you learn to live in the spirit. That's all that is counted but it will be counted. Hmm. And before that, the 58th years, wherever you lived in the spirit, that all will be marked because that was the life of Christ through you, accepted. You need to understand what salvation means. It's only one life that can stand before God. Is the life of his spirit through us. Everything else is polluted by the old man. It will not be accepted. So it's a waste of time, energy and resources living that life. That's what Bonhoeffer said. Christ bids every man to come to me first and I. What is the first thing Jesus said? If anyone wants to follow me, first thing he has to deny himself before picking up the cross. I told you this before. It's not picking up the cross because in the world people pick up the cross. Cross means sacrifice. You can, you can not deny yourself at all and pick up your cross. Very, very sacrifice. You go to First Corinthians chapter 13 and verses 1 to 3 and especially verse 2 and 3. That is what happens when you don't deny yourself. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels but not have love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Look at the next verse. Though I have the gift of prophecy, understand mysteries, all knowledge, all faith, I could remove mom, not love, I have nothing. Look at the next one. Interesting. Though I bestow All my goods to feed the poor. Though I give my body to be burned as absolute sacrifice. Gave his body out completely for the service of others, but was not humble.
2: Mm.
0: Do you know the human soul can do all this? Of course it can. Mm -hmm. It can do all this. (laughs) There are are billionaires like that who says by the time they die, they want to give all their money to charity. And when they die, their body to the students to learn... But there was no humility and there was no love. It was self. Self can be absolutely self-sacrificial without sacrificing self. It's a weird statement. That's what I'm talking about. It's all done by the power of the self. There is no God there. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand, don't look at all these things. We have to go back and look. And that's Jesus. You think Jesus couldn't have done a lot of good? He refused to do it. Mm. He had to go to his father every day. He's showing us the way. What is the way? What is that you want me to do? Hmm. It's not what I want to do. What is that you want me to do today? Like I used that simple example of Mark. Chapter 1, no? Imagine the whole night, all day he preached healing, deliverance, and the people were there all through, and then he went to sleep late, he woke up early in the morning, he found a deserted place, he went to pray, and then Peter comes, 135, 36 and all. Mm. Okay, if you look over there, Peter comes and says, Lord, people have all come here. Look at, everyone is looking for it. Simon and those who said, everyone is looking for him. A simple question, what are they looking him for? Whatever they're looking for good is good. Either they want to hear a sermon, or they want deliverance, or they want healing. If he does all these three things, all three are good. But look at what he says. He said, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come For Simple question. Who told him? Yeah. That he, you need to leave this crowd and go. His father told him. That is the truth. He's not living his life. He's living in the spirit, and he's not doing what is good, he's doing only what is true. The question is, all the people who gather would have been very offended. They would have told about their sacrifice. We woke up early in the morning and came him to meet. We waited for so many hours. He disregarded us and he ignored us and he went somewhere else to preach what kind of a man is. So they would portray him as insensitive, incompassionate. He's not a good, really a good person, but he's true true Again, if you go to first corinthians chapter three that is that's that is uh the truth about this when it happens that way, chapter three verse fifteen two fifteen chapter two fifteen first corinthians two fifteen he who is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is rightly judged by no one
2: hmm. Hmm.
0: Bah. <laughs> You get it. Because he's living in the spirit. His, his entire decision is based on truth and the spirit is truth. So when he makes his judgments, he's making his judgments are all true in God's sight. But nobody's able to judge him. He says, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Wow, what a why are you doing this? Nobody's able to rightly judge him. If somebody has to rightly judge him, that person has to I mean, be in spirit, the in spirit. spirit. And the spirit may not even reveal to you, why should you know somebody else's business? Exactly. Unless it reveals, But he will keep quiet because he will realize, you know what? Because I have learned how to walk in the Spirit sometimes. You don't even understand what the Spirit is doing. Because the Spirit is always doing things which may have nothing to do with now. Current, yeah. Yes. Nothing to do with now. The the action that you are doing, the effect of it may be five months later, five years later. But for God, there is no time. Mm. There is no time. Okay. So, but But what you are doing is true. It's not a principle of good and evil. And it's a very difficult thing if the old man is strong. The self is strong. Because that is where you have to humble yourself. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. That's where it comes. When you are humbling yourself, basically, you are denying yourself. Because you come excited every morning, Lord, I want to do this, I wanna do this, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. God is waiting. But he's waiting for you to be silent (laughs) first. I want. So, so I heard I all. Of it. Can you just wait a few seconds so that I can tell you what, what? I, I want? I <laughs> want. I want to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and think that everything we told was good. Mm. Nobody goes to God and says, "Lord, I want to rob a bank." I want. To do. Nobody says any of those things. So the real God, nobody says. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other gods, they said. Okay. Please help me, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And so, everything you said is good But the question is Nobody is asked That's why Jesus said When you pray, pray like this A father would hit heaven Uh First thing is It's not your name It's his name Hallelujah It's not your kingdom It's his kingdom It's not your will It's his will By the time we come to that Gas is gone <laughs> What is there in for me? not says Nothing but everything Everything, exactly (laughs) what is there in for me nothing and everything nothing for you but if you receive me everything that i have is yours hallelujah that is where Mm -hmm. that is where these are the pictures that is our major issue with humility Mm. because humility is where you start every day you know you have to i mean like i said no it begins in the, in the morning, right? You begin in the morning. Your first battle with yourself is in the morning. You have to wake up in the morning. So when you wake up, the first thing the flesh says is, why do you have to wake up? Mm. So early. The question is, who is speaking? Mm. Who is speaking? Nah. The old man, the self, he never dies. He has to be killed, and he will resurrect himself constantly. <laughs> he also believes in the principle of resurrection. Okay, you have to kill him. You have to. revived <laughs> So the question is, who is who is living? Because for me, if you look at the whole chapter of till thirty-four, you can know what. A, tough day of ministry Jesus had the previous day and the simple thing is that early in the morning when it's still dark he woke up so the question is who is he waking up for? Mm. There is Christ who came in the flesh and then there is Christ filled with the spirit and Mm. Christ wakes up he denies himself he came in the likeness of human Mm. flesh he denies himself his flesh and he wakes up and goes to meet his father so that he would know what is the will of his father? And then allow his father to love mm. him. And the father says, today you need to go to the other towns for this purpose. He's saying, for this purpose, I, I have came. came. And what he's heard is that, for this purpose, I sent you. Mm. This purpose, I sent you. you know? so and man, that's man. how it works. So now, that doesn't mean all those who are working in the secular realm every day, morning, wake up and ask, God, should I go to work? No. You have been, already got a job. <laughs> So you need to wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm going to work, but help me to remember that I'm actually working for you and not for anybody else. Because whatever you do, it says do it as unto the Lord. So the Lord of things will happen, may happen, the enemy may try to do all kinds of things, but let me not ever forget, Lord, that you are my boss. You are my boss. And do it with all your strength. It Mm -hmm. says whatever you put your hand on. So you get these principles, Otherwise, you will you'll think Jesus is basically an itinerant missionary or a preacher. So each day is being directed by God. But we have been fixed mm. in a place. Placed. But even in that fixed place, how we do matters. Mm. To whom we do matters. Yes. In the same way, in the world, you are all fixed in different different places until God moves you. Yeah. But where you are fixed, fixed. Okay. That's the word. The Words I gave you, I think, is First Corinthians three and nine. Yeah, we are God's fellow workers, and in John five sixteen or seventeen, Jesus says, "I and my Father are at what work, work." Exactly, John 5, 16, 17, Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. My Father has yes. been working yeah. until now. I have been working. So the simple thing is that the Father and the Son are working together. Mm. And now God says, you You and I, we are calling, Mm. we are working together. Cannot work alone. Mm. We want to work alone. We want His power. But we don't want to work with Him. Mm. We don't want to work with Him. Mm. We want His power. We want His resources. We want all that. We want His healing. We want His blessings. We want His power. We want His resources. But I want to work alone. Because if I work alone, even if it's your work, I work alone. I get the glory. Mm. I get the glory. God says no. You cannot work like that. We are co laborers, And Jesus says the same thing in Matthew eleven twenty. Take my yoke upon your soul. Mm. So the simple thing <clears throat> is that when you are yoked, two people come under that yoke. You know? Eleven twenty nine. okay, 28, 29. 11, 28, 29. 20, 29 is the verse. Take my, there again he says to take my, he says, he says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. He says, you know what, you want to rest for your soul's? You have to take my yoke. You want to take my yoke? You have to be meek and lowly. First thing you will have to learn is like me. Okay, be meek and lowly. Don't worry about what people say and this thing. Listen to the Father and do it. Mm. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is a Father says, "This is my beloved Son. Mm. I'm well pleased." <sniffs> Ultimately, that's the only thing that will matter. That does not mean we have to displease ours because we will not do evil. Mm. We will do what is always true. And what is always true, people may misunderstand it is not good, but it won't be evil. Yes. It won't be evil. When a surgeon chops you up, not chops you up, cuts you open, we don't call it evil. We don't call it evil, we call it good. Hmm. Okay, though it's painful, it is good. So that's how it works, and that's where the issue comes in. The issue comes in is because of the self. And Jesus puts it very clearly: the first thing if you want to follow Jesus. First thing is that you have to deny yourself. Mm. Then pick up the cross, because there is sacrifice involved. Mm. One, the denying is got to do with the self. The cross has got to do with your body. Who carried the cross? Jesus carried the cross. Who? What was hung on the cross? His body was hung. The cross is talking about sacrifice. There is hard labor involved. First you have to deny yourself. Okay, Lord. Then God says, get up. Okay, I will not go back to sleep. Okay, you denied yourself. Now get up. Okay, go to a secluded place. Now the body is being called. Get up in the morning. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. The cross has got to do with sacrifice. See, all these things come together. You can deny yourself and still be not sacrificial. Mm. That's what Paul is telling. See, if you go to Second Timothy in chapter 4, and we talk about 7, but 6, 7 comes after 6. But when he says in 6, is this, you know, what he's talking about? I am already being poured out as a drink offering. That's his life. He says, my entire life has been poured out by God. Sacrificial. Denying himself and sacrificial. Your energies at the end of the day you are tired. Why? Because God told you. You denied yourself and you labored. And your labor is not for it's not for yourself, it is for God and it is for the men to whom God has directed. So please understand cross is not a denial of yourself. Cross has got to do with the sacrifice of your body. Before that comes the denial of yourself, because if you don't deny yourself, you can sacrifice your body for your own goals. People will sit up early in the morning, they will wake up, sit up late in the night for a for an entrance exam or for a career. For there is a lot of sacrifice, sacrifice involved. But God says, I want that sacrifice, but at the cost of denying yourself, mm. not for yourself. Mm. Not for yourself. Jesus endured the cross. For whose sake? What did he oh, yes, getting out of yeah, it? For the joy, for maybe. the joy, mm. for the church. The joy that is set mm. before him his the sister, church. is the mm. church. Redeemed, my father will be pleased when he has so many mm. sons and daughters mm. coming up. I will get my bride, mm. spiritually speaking. So the sacrifice was somebody else, not for self. Because if you do not deny yourself, you can sacrifice. Boy, everybody who has excelled in any field, they have sacrificed there. They have enormous sacrifice over there, but it was for self it's not a denial of self so God puts these things together he says first deny yourself let there be sacrifice and then the life of God will start flowing through you and that's the way Jesus thought and he said the spirit will show you the same thing the same thing Pastor, Please? there's a question which I think
1: should be a corollary to this very next question this is question number 9 it's also based upon one of the teachings that happened recently it says what does it mean when Paul says, we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. When he went to Corinth, he tells us, he went in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. So in other words, he recognizes his weakness. But God gave him the supernatural power to preach and teach. Would you say
0: that this power is supernatural? How do you define it? It's it's just not power because you need to realize, you know what? uh, Because uh, people who are listening or even here, Missions is a different field altogether. <clears throat> when you're going on missions, going to a strange place, an unknown set of people, like Paul is going to an unset of unknown, everywhere he's going, it's an unknown set of people, and they are Gentiles. Okay, Gentiles. Mm. Gentiles are used to gods. Okay. Mm. Gods. Yes. And each god has an aspect which is projected. It's projected. Let's take Roman gods or Greece, Greek gods. Each of the gods is a projection of a human self. You want wisdom. You want victory in war. You want love. Mm -hmm. You want it. So every projection of the self, what you actually, I don't, what you actually crave, covet, lust is projected as a god. Mm -hmm. And with that god is that power Fulfillment of that craving, lust, covetous, whatever you are desiring. Okay, it's a God. But when you are going before Gentiles, you are projecting Christ. Hmm. Projecting Christ. You are not projecting gods or a God as they are used to. So he is going there with fear and trembling. Lord, when I go there, let them not see me as a God. Because in one place... They thought they were gods. So they wanted to celebrate them. <coughs> celebrate them. Okay. There is, you need to understand, there is a respect they will give you. But it's a respect because of God, but they are not attributing anything divine in you. you have to be very careful. Mm. Like, you know, a simple thing. I just saw a clip sometime back. Not sometime back, but recently. Mm. We had uh, India's second richest man, no? Mukeshampani is somebody son got got married. Engaged. Okay, got married, right? Mm. He got engaged Mm. or married or Mm. something. So there's this video of all the celebrities coming for that. Something connected with Ambani. And you can see all the people, no? Superstars and whatever stars, everybody coming. And for some people, you have people designated all the show of cards and clothes and bodyguards and everything. And Ambani coming out to receive some and this thing and all. Then finally, in one of the cards came three pujaris who are going to do the actual ceremony. Okay? Now, you have to notice that. When they came in, huh. Ambani personally went and he bowed before them. Wow. So in religion, there is a reverence given to which is called Godmen. We are not Godmen. We are men of God. Mm. Okay. At the end we are just men. Mm. That's reasonable. In religion mm-hmm. there are Godmen. Mm-hmm. Christianity, there are no godmen, mm-hmm. there are only men of God. All are equal at the foot of the cross. Mm. Everyone will stand before God and be judged. There are no God men. And the problem is we have celebrities today. You need to realize much of the Christianity now we hear about has come from U.S. U.S. is a different kind of a system. They have a presidential form of government. So you have the president and the first lady. That's what she is called. The president's wife is called the first lady. The president and the first lady. They're appropriated into the modern church and they call the pastor and the first lady. Yeah, that's what they call You have to see how they treat the pastor's wife. She's a first lady. They're thinking about a presidential form of government. No, God says, no, that's not the way. My son showed you a way. The son of man did not come to, to be served, he came to serve. We are not God men. We are men of God. So when he is going into Gentile cultures, he is going with fear and trembling. Lord, let them not think about me as anything spectacular. Let Christ be seen. Mm. He says, we preach Christ. Because Christ in me is their hope. They shouldn't see. And when he tore his this thing and all, after some time, you realize they were very upset with mm-hmm. him. And they started beating him up. Mm-hmm. Because the nature of religion is they want godmen. Mm-hmm. They don't want men of God. Mm-hmm. They don't want men of God. So when a Hindu respects me, he sees me as a God-man. And they find it very strange that we are just common like them. We don't dress differently. No, if you notice, all the Hindus respect Catholic priests. Yes. Because the dress code is different. Oh, that is a God man. Holy man. God man. We are not holy men. <laughs> We are not holy men. We have no holiness of ours. Our yes. We yes, need to understand we have no holiness, our holiness of ourselves. But in religion that is not <laughs> the way they are holy men. Hallelujah. This is the thing we need to understand. In Christianity there are no holy men. We have only holiness which comes from a relationship. Mm. Everything in us is imputed. Everything in us is given as a result of a relationship. Yes. And Paul is somebody who understands this very clearly and therefore he goes mm. with fear and trembling, with fear and trembling, Lord, let me not, in no way, get these people to misunderstand, I am like one of their God men, I am not, he says, I go with weakness and trembling, so you know what he says, he actually believes in his weakness, so that God's strength may be seen, manifest Manifested. That's what it's talking about. And therefore, in such a man, God's power could be projected without harming him. And then when it was going so miraculously through his ministries, like his ministry is breaking frontiers, which has never been broken before, because Mm Christianity is this thing, God had to allow something to happen to him. He says, because this thing, revelations which you have received, he says, you know what? Mm. He says, I had an issue in the body. <laughs> but even there, he's so very careful. If you go there to verse cor- 12. 12. <laughs> hmm? second you need to understand over there. Why does he put it across that way? Well, it's a very interesting usage he uses, okay? Um, verse 12 and 1. 12, 1 and 2. Okay? Second twelve verse one, one and two. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago, whether in the body I do not know, whether out of the body I do not know. God knows such a one was caught up to the third heavens. Yes. Okay? And he says what happened in verse three. He heard stuff. I know such a man, okay, he was caught up into paradise, heard inexpressible words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. If you go to verse 2, if you look at verse 1 and 2, he says, Now, it's not right for me to boast, but I will talk about visions and revelation of the law. I know a man in Christ who was who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know. Now, who is this man? Why does he put it across? Why did he keep his mouth shut for 14 years? Today, if somebody has an experience of the Lord, they put it all over YouTube. Why? Because he does not want anybody to believe in Christ based on his experience, standing on the Gospel alone. We give testimonies, but once in a while, to strengthen somebody's faith. But your faith should rest on the wisdom of God and the power of God alone. This is a man who has learned. When did this happen? 14 years ago. And he has not written that in any of the letters. Hmm. And he's not even making it very clear it is he. Though it is he, we can make it out it is he. But he doesn't say, you know what, 14 years ago I was lifted up in the spirit. He he says. He doesn't say that. He says, I know of a man. He's putting it on to somebody else. It's genuine humility. I know of a man. Who is that man? I won't tell you. It's me. Because if you read the whole context, you'll realize it is me. It is him. <laughs> but how does he put it across? He does not put it across. He even has his own testimony because I don't want to put your tra- trust on my testimony and saying this is the experience of genuine men of God. No. He says you can be genuine and have none of these experiences. Oh Lord, what a simple question is. Jesus asked them, what did you go to the desert to see? But did he go to say so to talking okay, about John the Baptist. He as if there was nobody born greater oh. than one. The simple question is, did John heal a single person? No. Did he deliver a single person? Did he go in the spirit anywhere? Nothing. He just preached a one sentence sermon. Repent for the kingdom of God here. And God says he's the greatest <laughs> in the old covenant. So the simple thing is, none of these experiences make you great make you great. Experiences are good. But otherwise, you know, people will run after after experiences. experiences. Let God give you these experiences. He he, he says in verse 3, I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. He was caught up. So the thing is that when he says he was caught up, he had no control over it. He doesn't say, I I lifted myself up to paradise. No. You was caught up? I I was caught up. I was caught up? Okay. So... That's that's the thing with you. That's why we have to be very careful about experience. There are scriptural experiences. We read through that, and we read biographies. So you understand what it does is that it should generate faith in you. That when you are caught in a similar kind of a situation, you should be able to have a memory bank to draw from. God is not a respectful person. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And there was these other brothers in the history, all part of my lineage, who were caught in similar situation, and now. The The Spirit of God is telling me the same thing. You can do it too. This is how you intervene. This is how you do it. And that becomes part of your testimony of Christ doing something through you. That is the whole idea. But if you if you elevate this experience, that's what people do. There are a lot of preachers out there who will talk about all their other body experience, and they gather a fan following because they think about them. These are supernatural godmen because look at their experiences. And you don't do that. that happens in occult religion. Yes, exactly. In occult, that's what is happening. They have out of body experience. You have out of body experience in all occult religion. You can have it. What did Harry was talking? Prince Harry's book, Spare. What is he talking about? Occult body experience. Taking LSD and marijuana and going out of this body. Of course, in all occult religion and people who take it, they have out of body experiences. You get into the other realm and you can see all kinds of things. Very absolute total deception. You see, there are three realms. We are on realm one, the first. The second heaven. And the third heaven. second heaven can manipulate anybody okay. to anything if you are not truly surrendered to the will of God. He can take you out of body over you and show you Jesus and speak to you like Jesus and give you chai too. He can do anything over there. The Bible says that he comes as an angel of light. To a Christian, he will come as Christ. To a Buddhist, he will come as Buddha. To a Hindu, he will come as a Krishna. To a Muslim, he will come as whatever he they are looking for. He can do anything in that realm. So God does not want us to rely on out-of-body experience because it is very dangerous. But if he gives you, you can be very sure it will be genuine. And the first vision is that you fall like one dead. You understand the glory of Jesus, the awesomeness of Jesus, all that, you see. It is not that he cannot, he gives. But the problem is don't bank on experiences. Ultimately, we stand on the word of God. And the Spirit of God leads us. And that is where these things come. So when he goes into fear and trembling, he is being very, very careful. Lord, let that them not see up. me. Because mm. we don't want another God and another godman. What they know, need to know is the Savior. The Savior. That's why he says, we preach Christ crucified. Mm. This is something mind-boggling. People will not understand this, but they need to understand this. Because that is where salvation comes God put His Son. You see, even the Roman centurion, he says, "Truly, this was a Son no, of god. god." He doesn't say he was he's the Son, because he's used to sons of gods. Yep. <laughs> all their gods have many sons. Truly, this was a Son of God, is what he says. So they are used to all that. But we are projecting somebody else. So if we go in their format, what will happen is we will go like a god man. Mm. God, man. Okay, it's okay. They should see us as holy. They should has has supernatural powers, but they should also see that it is not of us. We are just like you. Without mm-hmm. God, we are nothing.
1: That's what nothing. Paul says. We are men of like passions. Exactly, exactly. the same word. Exactly. We are men of like passions. Pastor, there's another question on suffering because we're looking at the same topic. Maybe you should look at that as well. This is question
0: number Yeah, that's the that, that end of that, but God gave him that supernatural power to yes. preach and teach. But the first thing I would say is that God gave him the power to humble himself. Hmm. That's the first thing. Even to deny yourself, you need to ask God, Lord, give me the strength to hmm. deny myself. I don't have it. The simple question is how can you use self to kill self? Absolutely. How can you use self to kill, to self. kill self? Okay. Then what is left? <laughs> self is still left. That is what happens to the humility in the world. Because you get very proud that you are humble. <laughs> because you use self to humble yourself and now you are very proud <laughs> that you are humble. It doesn't work. So for, that's why Jesus is acting. You need to understand that's enough. Powerful statement which is absolutely 100% true. Without me, you can do nothing. We need to understand how is that possible. I do lots of things, God says, but it's not true. It's either right, it's wrong, it's dead. It to be true, I have to do it. Without me, you cannot do anything. So You're wasting your time, don't even do it. Time. Don't do it. Yes, Pastor, yes. Next question. Actually, this
1: is question number 7 because we are talking about suffering and
0: the related uh,
1: things. What are we to make of pain and disease and injustice and evil? We find Christ accepting these things which many people advance as the greatest hindrance to religious faith as part of the stuff of life. Jesus did not pretend they did not exist. He coped with them personally by restoring wherever it is possible and therefore... What do we make of pain and disease and injustice in you?
0: You see, one thing we need to realize about Jesus, okay? Jesus did not accept any of these things. Injustice, yes. Injustice, yes. There's a difference between disease and injustice. Disease is also part of the fall. It's a result of man's sinning and disease leads to death. Injustice has got to do with the system in which we live. So he did not come to change the system. He didn't come to change the system. The system he will change when he comes a second time. That's when the kingdom comes, where there will be no injustice. But when it came to the other things, he dealt with it. So there was a man who says, Master, tell my brother to share. He's talking about injustice. injustice. He says, no. Because he says, the issue is here, you are trying to deal with the symptom without dealing with this disease. The disease is sin. Disease is sin. Once sin is uh, taken care of, you will be able to deal with this yourself without me intervening. Mm -hmm. The problem is we are trying to look at life symptomatically. God says, no, the issue is the disease. The disease the root cause is sin. And I have come to deal with the root cause. Okay, the root cause. Once I have dealt with the root cause, that is sin. I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, that has been taken care of, and you believe in me. And what happens is now I am born again by the truth and shaped in equity and in righteousness. And he says, if you grow in this, you cannot change the world, but you can be righteous. You cannot change the injustice in the world, but you can be Injust. just he that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to change the world. I'm trying to change one man at a time. Mm. In the process of the world, one man at a time. And he says, you are that man. You change. <laughs> you change. Okay. Mm. And in the process, he says, you have to handle sickness. When a sickness comes, handle it symptomatically. If you got a headache, don't wait for seven hours, eight hours, claiming, naming, rebuking, take a time and all. Handle them, but believe in healing. Yes. If God does not believe or God does not use medication or medicines, you haven't read your Bible. Okay. When the prophet was sent to Hezekiah saying, you will die. And when he was extended 15 years, but to heal him from a sickness which was going to lead him to his death, what was given is a form of medication through which God healed. Okay, make a poultice of fig leaves, apply it over it, he was healed. Now, couldn't God just speak over him and heal him? No, he did. He can use any method to heal. But remember, healing comes from him. Mm -hmm. So God says, I have shown you how to live. Your body will ultimately wear out. Mm -hmm. Because outer man, that is the result of judgment. Mm -hmm. You will die. So we were all born that way, our body will die. But the inner man cannot die if you are born again. It is not in you know, a, go to Romans, uh, sorry, 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 to 18. Okay, this is, this is the fact which we need to understand. It's a fact of life. Of this fallen world. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Why? Even though our outward man is perishing. Outward man is perishing. You can't, you can, atrophy has set into the whole of creation. It has set. Even the redwood trees in California will fall down after 800 years. <laughs> it will fall. Atrophy has set into everything. There is nothing into which undergoes. That's what the Bible says. The whole creation, creation is groaning. Why did atrophy set in? Because and the Adamson. king, mm. the Adam's sin. Okay. When Jesus name. says, yeah. "I saw Satan fall as lightning," mm. for the ruler of this world has been judged. judged. The question is, where was he judged? He was judged on the cross.
2: Mm. Yes.
0: On the cross he was judged. He says Satan has lost his power. His power was sin and death. He's lost his power. He has been judged. He's saw falling blood Actually now he can only deceive. Hmm. He does not have power over man because the power over sin and death has been broken. He says, I see Satan fall like lightning. He lost his power. His power, see, manja, we don't have to change there, but 15, 56, 57 says law, sin, death. What empowers sin? Law. And what is the sting of sin? Death. So I took care of all three. I took a sin on myself, nailed the law onto the cross, and I overcame death. So what can devil do? What can devil do? And this is the whole thing which we need to realize. That's what we need to realize. My, oh, my body perishing is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Okay. Let me ask you, let me put it across in a way which you can understand. Okay. Let us say, uh, let's say, Okay, Richie's, Richie's a bachelor, no, because we all, some most a married men, okay. Richie's father says, okay, uh, when your bike gets old and breaks down, I'm planning to buy you a new car. Now what is he waiting for? For his bike to break, break down. down. Oh, <laughs> no, please, please, please postpone that new car, I want He's now waiting for his wife to wear down mm-hmm. Because he's looking forward to getting The Simple thing is that, why are all these saints in the Bible groaning, in the, groaning to put off their body because they know what they're going to get? <laughs> and why are they ones so waiting there to get saying how long? God says, you know the people over there, your own <laughs> brothers, they are not getting ready so wait some more. So we, you have to all get your bodies together. <laughs> I can't give one body in one generation. And he says, everybody will get their body simultaneously. Hallelujah! Simultaneously, <laughs> okay. so the fact is that one we do not lose heart. Why? Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed by. by why shouldn't we lose heart? Mm. Lose what? See, because you need to re- realize that if your inward man is not re- being renewed, you will lose heart. Mm. I'll tell you why. When your inward man is being renewed, you get dissatisfied with this body because you know so much now. You have the capacity to do so much now, but the body is the restraint. Mm. When I was young, I knew so little mm. and I did so much. Mm. As I grow old, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, so many times I said, Lord, mm-hmm. the wisdom at 40 and the strength at 20 would have been a fantastic combination." Yeah, but <laughs> but that, Lord, <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, this is the important thing which we need to realize. The inward man has to keep on growing. Inward has, man has to keep on growing because when eternity comes, the inward man has grown. Mm. Okay, Think about it, the parable of the talents. You got three talents, okay? Gave one, gave three and gave five. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, five. Okay. And then when he comes, one brings two, another brings six, another brings ten. Okay, ten. Now the thing is that each one's battle is not the same, it is different. Mm -hmm. It is different. And you need to realize at the end of the parable, the one who did not use that one, it is taken and given to the one who has got ten. Mm. Ten. Given to the ten. Okay, why? Because in him, his inward man has grown. Mm. inward man has grown. So the thing is that we need to realize if my inward man does not grow Mm. to his full capacity possible while I am on earth... For eternity, or God, the kind of body God has to give me and will give me will not happen, Hmm. and the kind of responsibility God can give it to you also will not happen. He says, "Well done, you take charge of ten cities." Why the inward man had grown, inward man has grown. Hmm. Okay, the king wanted to put Daniel. Three satraps and Daniel on top of them all because he looked at this He's not looking at his age. He's looking at his wisdom. This man is good to stay at the top. Stay at the top. These are all pictures over there. Pictures over there. You need to look at the pictures. There are seven. If you go to Daniel chapter 1 and uh, verse 6 and 7. Go to 6 and 7. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where it says about yeah, go go, uh, go to verse five. Go, uh, go verse five, verse five. Yeah, okay. These are the things he looked for. Okay, three years training, so that at the end of the day, no, go to verse four. Verse four, verse four, verse four. Yeah, verse four. Yeah, this is what he wanted. Okay, this is a prophetic picture. This is standing before an earthly king, but this is a prophetic picture. Okay. No, verse 4, verse 4, verse 4, okay. this is what he wanted, young men in whom there is no blemish, Christ will make his church spotless without blemish, good looking, the meek and a quiet heart is of great value before God, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, Ability to serve in the king's palace with so, whom they might teach the language and the literature of okay. the Chaldeans. But here, take the Chaldeans out. We're talking about the kingdom of God. If I'm right, there are seven qualities seven, seven, there. Yes. seven qualities. The prophetic picture. This is what God is looking for the inward man to grow in so that one day we can stand before our king and serve him. Hmm. And he gave them three years. Three years at the end of three years, he came and tested them and found Daniel was ten times better than the others, and Daniel and his friends. So these are all prophetic pictures in the Bible. So we need to look, and we need to realize, we have to outward man is perishing. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. That's not man, outward man will perish. But the question is the inward man. Is the inward man being renewed? Okay? But the whole thing is that when you go back to the question is that there is a natural wear and tear yes that is a natural wear and tear but there is an abuse and a misuse of a vehicle yes. Yes. okay abuse and a misuse of a vehicle one of the things which nobody does is when they buy a product they never read the manual uh, most people don't but if you read if anybody and i bought my first bike i read my manual And in the manual, it tells it what speed to drive for the first thousand kilometers. I was very careful. I asked mechanic why he said, Sir, because otherwise the engine gets burned up. Let it give the, the oil, this thing. and all. Then it says every this many kilometers or this thing, give it for servicing. So you did it. And you know what? The bike lasts for a long time. Of course, where and there, a little part is changed here and all But because you went for the manufacturer's manual, what happens is it lasts for a long time. So the Bible talks about the outward man. The manufacturer's manual is given. He says, you should look like this. Think this way. Take care of your body this way. Your outward body, though wear and tear is taking place, it will last long so that you can serve me better. And then when these things happen, because all these things happen, I have given you faith to reject sickness. Hallelujah. You don't have to accept sickness. Even if it is happening on your body, you don't have to accept mm-hmm. it. You should be health minded and not Sick. sickness minded. Yes. Okay, health minded and not sickness minded. The problem with sickness is once sickness gets in and stays in, you become sickness minded. And if you look in the Bible, if you look in Jesus, uh, Jesus, uh, the Gospels of Jesus Christ, you will very, very rarely, almost never, is a sick man mentioned by name. He's only mentioned by his sickness. There was a man crippled for 38 years. There was a woman bent over 18 years. There was a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. Jairus' daughter, daughter's name we do not no. know. Noble man, servant. Roman centurion, sir. You see, you're identified by your sickness. Your name is not mentioned. It's a lesson. The problem is our human mind starts identifying our outer man by the name of the sickness. And God says, no, don't think that way. There is disease, but you can reject it. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept it. What you have to accept is health.
2: Mm.
0: It's health. But that will only happen if you realize purpose. You realize purpose. Your body is through which I live. I live. Stay in the spirit, and through your spirit and your soul and your body, I want to live. There will be natural wear and tear, because I said, if you eat, you will die. And I will not take that back. You ate it, you were born that way, your outward man will perish. But your inward man has now been infused by the power of my life, the spirit. And that has to touch the body. The difference in the old covenant and the new covenant was that, God gave them manna from heaven, but the purpose of giving them manna, they did not get it. The purpose was this in Deuteronomy chapter eight and mm-hmm. verse three and four. He said, he says, you know, he gave them manna. So he said, you know, No, that, yeah. mm-hmm. that man shall not live by This was the whole purpose. Again, that man shall not live by. Eight, yeah, Deuteronomy eight, verse three, verse three. You know, so he there. humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So there was a practical training going on. There's a physical example, practical training. What is that? Mana will come in the morning. You will only get for that day. Don't collect it. Don't collect it. If you keep it for tomorrow, it will will, worms will get in. So basically he is saying that, Learn to come to me early in the morning. Receive me for the life for today. Don't live today on yesterday's life. Hmm. It will stink. Grace is given for that day, daily. You cannot live today's life on yesterday's grace. You have to live today's life on grace. So make it a habit to come to me in the morning. Come to me in the morning. He says, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. A physical example. But what happened over here is that they took it physically. It touched their body. There was none feeble among them. There was none ill among them. It even touched the clothes they were wearing. The clothes never wore off. The Bible says in the next verses. The clothes never wore off. Okay, your garments did not wear out on and you, your foot did not nor did your foot swell this 40 years. Wow. But go to Psalm uh, 105 and verse 15, 600 606 15. And, six and verse 15. I wanted KJV, KJV is beautiful.
1: 106 and verse 15 and KJV.
0: 106 and verse 15. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, he gave them their request. But he sent leanness into their soul. But they were not satisfied. They didn't want to live like that. They didn't want to live like that. They said, give us, give us, give us. So he gave them. And what happened to their soul? The manna never touched their soul. Manna never touched their soul. The souls dried up. Souls literally. So here was for 40 years... People who never fell ill, people who are very strong, the clothes never wore off, their feet never swelled, the sandals never wore up, with dry souls. Bah. Dry souls. Huh. He says, if you go to John chapter 5 and verse 58, I'm right, 56, 57. 58. John 6, 6 appeared. Six, yeah, yeah, 6 appeared. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. Hmm. He says, do you know? Your fathers ate the bread and dead. He says, another bread has now come to you. It's not the same. He hmm. says, I am the bread. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, meaning if you partake of my life, he says, you will not die. You will not die. You will not die. So we need to understand Something has happened over there, so we need to understand. If the Bible says the old covenant has been put away by a better covenant, are we living under a better covenant? Are we living under a better covenant? okay we abused our body we did not have the knowledge of the jews we ate everything we should not have eaten and all that so we didn't do the jews were given an entire dietary law what to eat and what not to eat and they were that 40 years was an example of exercise walk 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 they exercised regularly everything what they had exercise they had kosher food all these things were given we were not given that we were Gentiles. We ate everything under the sun. We, later, we only picked up Peter's vision and said, okay, we, okay, okay. Now the thing is that, okay, Jesus has cleansed everything. The Bible says all food, okay. But it's still, we know today, we know today better than the Jews knew because of scientific knowledge, what is good and what is bad. Yes. What to eat and what not to eat. God says, so be careful. What to eat, what not to eat. He says, exercise. Okay, I will lengthen your days. Okay, if you go to Deuteronomy 30 and that one verse which I want you to read, Deuteronomy 30, shall be your length of yes, Deuteronomy 30, okay, and verse 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may look. Mm. Three things he says. He says, okay then, that you may love the Lord your God, you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him first. He is your life and the length of, of your, your days. days. Hai. He is your life and the length what a of statement your days. That is. <laughs> See, <laughs> we have to connect this with God. Mm. See, when a man and a woman loves each other, when a man and a husband and a wife love each other, they will look at each other and say, you know what, if possible, we want to die together. I, want to, I don't want to live one day after you are dead. They're not talking in terms of death. They're talking in terms of life. Hmm. You know what God is saying? I am the length of your life. Hmm. You wouldn't want to live longer than what I want you to live. See, all these human things you have to connect with God. And he says, I said before, if you look at verse uh, 19, I said before you what? Life and death. is." But he says, you have to choose. You have to choose. There are three primary ways in which we choose life. Three primary ways to choose life. First is what we think on. Okay, go to Romans 8. Carnally minded is okay, Romans Spiritually eight, minded okay. is life and peace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Verse 6, 8, 6. To be carnal mind minded is Deaths. death. It, see, it's very clear. Death, life and death. I said before you life and death. He says every day you can choose what you're gonna think on. I'm telling you. Because you can think on death or life. You can think on what I have said, which is life, or you can think on things which I told you not to think, it is life. So the first way I choose life is by my thought life. Either I am choosing death or I am choosing life. Okay. Second, Proverbs 18, 21. I speak. Okay. Mm. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. He says you can either choose to speak life or choose death. And the third is the action. action two. Two. And he says the soul that sins shall die. die. Mm. Now the soul sins through the body. Mm. The soul that sins. The body does not sin. The body cannot sin. The body is a useless thing. It's like a glove. What can the glove do? Nothing. But when you put the hand into the glove, uh, the glove starts doing all kinds of things. But it is not the glove that is doing, it's the hand that is doing. So it is not the body that is doing, it's the soul that is doing. So there are three ways in which every day we are practicing either life or death. And what we think on, what we say and what we do. And God says, you can choose life. Yes. He says, I am your life. So that's what he's telling Joshua. Meditate on my word day mm. and night. The law day and night. So he says, so how do we do that in the new covenant? Is that Colossians 3, 1 is that. Think, think on, on these thinking. things that are Set your mind. above. Please think on these things that if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, and verse two will set your mind on things above. Now, the simple thing is that how can I set my thing things above because I'm living on earth and I have to live life on earth. The simple questions to ask is that first question: What I'm thinking, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do—is it true or not? Because in heaven, everything is true; There is no lie in heaven. Mm. Everything is true. Is it true or not? Second, if I think on these things, if I say this thing, if I do this, will it have eternal value? How will it affect my eternity? Yes. See, these are all practical things. All parents tell their children, study this, study Mm. this, study this, study this, because in future. Exactly. Mm. In future. Everything they bring future in. The child is not interested in the future. He wants to go in death now and play. He is interested in the present. But the father says, sit and study, future. The father in heaven is saying, future, which is eternity. Think on these things. If you do these things, how will it affect your future, eternity? Set your mind on things above. Okay. <laughs> Very simple, right? <laughs> Every parent, when they see their children sitting and studying and working hard, they will say, but his future is secure. Every parent, see, we are so earthly minded, we don't realize the same principles are at work. Mm. Principles are at work. Okay. So all these fundamental things, so the, the way you can secure your future is by faith. Mm. Is by faith. Because faith is what pleases God. So the servant who comes there, God says, well done. What does that mean? God is pleased. So the simple question is, when he's standing before God, God is pleased. What is he pleased with? His work on earth. So the Mm -hmm. simple question, how did he do his work on earth? By faith. Mm -hmm. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with faith alone, God will not say, uh, well done, because the Bible says you can do all these things by faith, but if you have Motive. no love, it is worth nothing. Motive. So the thing is that you look at him; he did his work of faith in, love. in love. love. So you understand and says, "Lord, I understand your fundamental principles now. Lord, help me. I believe. Hmm. I believe. Help me to believe." And Lord. You have poured out your love into my heart through your Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit of God. I surrender. You know I am weak, but you are strong. Would you love through me? Love through me. And you suddenly realize you know what? That's how Jesus looked. Hmm. Like like I said on Friday. Please understand this. Friday or Saturday, I don't know when the Thursday or something I said. Remember? Jesus, think about it. Okay. Like we had COVID. COVID that lockdown, COVID first cancer, Do you know how many health professionals died? Why is there a shortage of nurses and doctors and they're all recruiting? Because so many died because of COVID. Why? Because they, were, they were, we had all that celebration in India, beating pots and pans and all that was good. Felicitating them, you are the frontline soldiers. Now no war is happening, nobody is fighting. The soldiers were the doctors and the nurses and the health professional. They were in the line of duty, in the line of danger, and many died. Right? So Jesus was always crowded by sick people, but he never fell sick. Never fell sick. Under His covering and His anointing, if you have noticed, the disciples never fell like sick. Peter's mother-in-law fell sick. Peter never fell sick. Mm-hmm. Need to understand these things, man. Mm-hmm. You, you have, see, if you don't believe, mm-hmm. if you don't believe. Nothing's going to happen. So when you read the word of God, when you look into all these things, you have to believe. And it doesn't matter. Maybe you got saved at 60 or 65. And by the time you are 65 and you got saved, you already had a disease for 15 years or 20 years or 30 years. But now you are saved. And you have to go back and say, there was a man who was sick for 38 years when yes. Jesus came. He asked him this question, do you want to get well? Yes. Lord, I was sick for 38 years. Now I am saved. You are asking me the same question, do you want to get well? I, want to get I will not magnify my sickness, yes. even yes. it was for 38 years. Why do you think these numbers are given? This is where faith comes. Faith believes in God that nothing is impossible with God. And God says then nothing is impossible for him or her who believes. Yes. So don't magnify sickness. Understand there is sickness, there are facts, there are medication, and then there is faith. There is faith. And you have to keep speaking that. You have to keep us believing that. Yeah. That's what I said. If you are sick, go through the Bible. Go through everything that is connected with healing. Receive it until you meditate upon it Until a part it of soaks you. Mm-hmm. into you. It part. becomes a part of you. Believe. Speak. Uh-huh. And then act. Then act. Then act. Act it out. Believe in it. Act it out. And you know what? God is waiting. God is waiting.
1: It's, a, it's a three things about healing when you're talking about it as a fact that Jehovah Rapha, the first time is introduced as to the children mm-hmm. who are redeemed out of Egypt is the fact that he is he's your, he's your doctor just, and the fact that he has never changed. He's never changed. He never changed. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. That if you go, that's Exodus 15, 26. 15, 26.
0: Mm. See, Exodus 15, 26. Exodus 15. 15. Not Exodus 21. Mm-hmm. If it's Exodus 21, you the can say is, the law is the given. Law is, there. law is not given law has not begun there is no covenant made with them but before that he introduces them as a the God of healing if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight give ear to his commandments keep all his statutes I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you He's is going to give them and he's telling you. now this I is where them. people get, get stuck they look at it and say oh my gosh I have to diligently heed his voice and do what is right in his sight and ear to his commandments keep all his statutes and then I can believe for my healing mm-hmm. but the problem is whose obedience are you standing mm-hmm. on yours or oh Christ's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Were you made perfect by your obedience or His obedience? This is what we need to understand. I can never keep all His statutes. Mm. I am standing every Mm. day of my life on the obedience of Jesus Christ. 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 Therefore, I believe in my healing based on His His obedience and not my obedience.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That's why Jesus is coming and asking everybody, do you want to be healed? So, He's not even asking the questions. He says, you are going to heal on my obedience and not yours. Do you want to get healed? Exactly.
1: So that's the reason why the second part of the of the cross that he was wounded for our transgressions that is a spiritual side and by your his stripes we are healed and by you his stripes and if you do not accept the fact that you are healed you can, don't even have to act accept as accept righteousness you cannot just like uh, uh, separate one separate from the, all one from the other the entire thing all has these. to come as a package
0: that is how it happens it's a basis this <laughs> is the f- see when you are standing on his obedience mm. God says you know what mm. I love it. You are not putting any trust in yourself. You are saying, Lord, this is who I am. Help me, O Lord. But I am trusting in your son's obedience. Absolutely. That is what I was always trying to tell. Mm. That you will stop trusting. Because the more you trust in your obedience, you will actually become disobedient. Because you don't have the strength to be obedient. Absolutely. (laughs) That is the supernatural you are talking about. Okay. So there is a (laughs) transference of the life of Christ in Mm. you. But natural wear and tear will take place. That will take place. But I am saying... Don't magnify sickness. Don't look at how long you have been sick before you came to the... Don't look at all of that. Hallelujah. Don't look at all of that. You have to go by faith. You have to go by faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you go to Mark 11 and February 23. Yeah, if 11, you ask in prayer. 11, 23. Yeah. 24, 24. Okay. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Mm. That's it. You need to understand. The most important word there is the word believe. Believe, that's it. First, to believe. (laughs) You cannot believe outside the will of God. Mm. Because then that is not belief. (laughs) Cannot believe outside the will of God that is not genuine faith. Faith comes from hearing, full stop, all kind of faith comes from hearing. But the faith that causes you to believe comes from hearing the word of God. So don't even try to believe for something that is outside the will of God. There are a lot of people trying to believe for things that are outside the will of God. I'm fasting and I'm praying for this girl to marry me. But the girl is not a believer. Mm. You know what? Your belief, you don't have belief. Mm -hmm. You don't have biblical faith. Because your faith is not connected to the will of God. Because it is the will of God Mm. that you should not be yoked to an unbeliever. So you can do whatever you want. You can fast, you can stand on your head, you can confess, you can do everything, but your faith is not biblical. (laughs) But when it comes to healing, for you to believe, you need to believe. What you need to believe is, is it the will of God to be, to heal? Of course it is the will of God to heal. Amen. Right? When he came down the mountain, the leper asked, Lord, if you are willing. And God said, I am willing." willing. Okay, so it is the you do never have to ask a question. Yes. Okay, you can ask, and if you hear like Paul, that's fine. You said not in the stage. Once. No, not <laughs> even in stage. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't qualify. No, you don't have. You don't have to be in that stage. You don't have to have outer body. anything. If you are a person who is actually proud and struggles with pride, you don't have to reach any stage. God will say, "I will keep this in you," so that it will humble you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't have to. You don't have to reach his level in his case. Mm. It can be at any level. Because God is more interested in the salvation of your soul Mm. than the healing of your body. Because if you are a proud person, Mm. he says, you know, I will tell you, some people, there will be children of God who's praying, fasting, believing for promotion. Is promotion will of God? Yes. Mm. But God says, if I give you a promotion, I see your attitude. You will trample (laughs) everyone under your feet. (laughs) your feet. God has given me authority to trample Satan, (laughs) Satan, Satan, scorpions, uh, snakes will be on your head and people will be under your feet. (laughs) (laughs) So I love you. I I won't promote you. I won't promote you. I won't <laughs> Okay, I won't So there are a lot of things that happen, which you, need. that's what I said. that's what, uh, Moses is understanding. Moses' final says, all your ways are right. At the end of his life, he looks at these people and says, you know what, God, thank you. Thank you. Between the two of us, thank you, Lord, mm-hmm. you did not take them into the promised land. Mm-hmm. They would have messed it up. It's like the old joke about Lalu Prasad, no? Like the joke about Laluprasa Japanese came and told Laluprasa and said, "Give us, give Japan Bihar for five years. We'll make it like Japan." He said, "Give me Japan, Japan for make, five years. Like I will make live it live like that. Bihar." <laughs> <laughs> These are jokes. Okay? But the whole thing is that you need. <laughs> the whole thing is that God was saying. Now you understand, Moses. He said, "I understood." If. I had taken these people into the promised land. In one generation they would have, they would have made it like Egypt. <laughs> Did you hear that? All they will talk about is Egypt, 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 <laughs> Egypt, 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 Egypt. Now they have made Egypt into the promised land. <laughs> they want to transform the promised land into Egypt. So you understand? So many things when we reach there we will look at. Thank you Lord, you didn't bless me in this place, you didn't promote me here, you didn't, you didn't, you thank you Lord. We will say Lord, all your ways were right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you had, had a, I was crying for this blessing, but if you had blessed me, then I realized where I would have entered. You know, that's why you have to understand. But when it comes to all these things you have to realize when you talk about that question about talking about pain okay when you talk about pain what are we what are we talk about pain pain we are not talking about physical pain physical pain will go mm. physical pain will go okay it will go how long will physical pain unless you are in palliative care and all you have this thing and all even for that modern medicine is there you can put on low dosage of morphine and we can live a relatively painless life all kinds of things are there so we are not talking about physical pain that is the least of it we are talking about pain in the soul. Mm-hmm. We call it sorrow. Ah. The other word for pain, the real word that it should be here is called sorrow. The Bible talks about sorrow. It talks about two kinds of sorrows. There is a sorrow of that the is the world. world which leads to death. There is a sorrow that is of God. The sorrow of the world is directed at the self mm. to lead to death. Mm. Whenever there is an issue where there is sorrow or pain, it's, what did you do to me? Mm. It will lead you to death. It will lead you to death. But there is a sorrow that is directed towards God. Mm. There are two people in the same situation. There is a man who took another man's granddaughter. Had a child by her. Killed her husband. Took her as his wife. The child died. That man's name is David. Hmm. There is another man called Ahitophel, Betsavah's grandfather. Both are hurt with the Sorry. same thing. Yes. There is pain inside. David is released from that pain because he turns his sorrow towards God. If you look at Psalm 51, that's what he says I have sinned against you. Against you and, and we you were. alone, I have sinned. And you are right. And you are right when you judge me. You are right when you judge me. He says, you know, have mercy, wash me thoroughly. Okay, if you come down, further down, he will say, three and all. For acknowledgement, my sin is always before me. For, against you, you only have. So his sorrow is direct. He's not looking at what his actions has caused him. He's looking at what his actions has caused God. Because mm. what cut him is the words of Samsonathan to him. He says, do you know what the Gentiles are no, talking sir. about bah, your God? That's the thing. You are known as a man of God. Hmm. Do you know what they are talking about to me? Because, so, of, but because of you? That cut him. Hmm. It cut him. Hmm. He says, you know what? I have sinned. His, what, his sorrow is turned towards God. Therefore, he is restored. A bit sorrow is inwards against him. How could he do it to me? My name, my reputation, this thing. You know, literally holds it inside, becomes hatred, anger, bitterness. Modern. murder and he comes ultimately dies kills himself there are two kinds of sorrow this is why see God is trying to save us save us so he's see you have in whatever God tells us you have to understand two fundamental three two three fundamental principle one he loves us Two is always good. Three is always right. Mm. So when God says, turn your sorrow towards God, He's trying to protect us. Because when you turn your sorrow inwards, you know what happens? What you are actually looking forward, you're looking for vengeance. are looking for vengeance. He says, if you look for vengeance, it will kill you. Mm. Because vengeance is mine. It's not yours. You can look for justice. You cannot look for vengeance. Hmm. And all human relationships When things, terrible, painful things happen In homes, in marriages, in offices You know what? People want vengeance And they do things based on vengeance You know who will die? You will die die. (coughs) I'm not talking about a physical death Hmm. I'm talking about your soul will die Death will creep in That's why God says don't do that don't do that Why does God say Forgive, 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 forgive What is he Why is he saying Lord How can I forgive He says I am not telling you To forgive him for his sake I am telling you To forgive him for your sake Otherwise death will creep in Yes Because if you don't forgive What will come is vengeance The spirits are all Hovering around you. So you are not of, act, Yeah but Because the next one He says percent. When you believe He says If anyone forgive no? You are believing no? He says you cannot if you when you stand to pray asking for something he says forgive he says forgive okay forgive so these are fundamental things there is so much anger that will be rooted in and you know so what happens is you see if you, this is mark 11 23 24 okay and um, 24, 25. 24 25 sorry 24, 11, 24, 24 25, 25 okay Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Mm. believe that you receive them and you will have them. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Mm. May I put you across? Why do you think these two verses are put together? Hindrance to healing this prayer. Because many things which we ask from God is not for ourselves because we are angry with somebody and want to show them I am better than you. God says when you learn to forgive them, you will realize many of the things which you ask you don't need. You don't need. You don't need those things. Why do you need those things? Hmm. Because I want to show it to him. I'm better than him. (laughs) He says, forgive, let go, let go, let go, let go. I can't answer you. Because I know what you are asking is not for yourself. You don't need it. You are asking me to project another life which is not mine. He says, when you walk in forgiveness and you have no bitterness, vengeance, this thing, and you love your brother, your prayer request will change because you realize many of the things which you ask for, you don't even need. Hmm. You're trying to live a superficial, false life in front of people. Things which you don't need. So he says, to actually, to know what you need, your heart needs to be clear. heart needs to be clear. Okay. He says, "He says, you see, I created you and I created everything and I gave you everything so that you may richly enjoy. He says, if you live this life, even if I give you the best things in the world, you will never enjoy. Hmm. Because your enjoyment comes from the envy of others.
2: Hmm.
0: And that's not real enjoyment. Yes. He says, I have given you things and you can enjoy the simplest or the most complex thing. You can enjoy it in itself because that's the way I created it. But you will never be able to enjoy anything if you hold unforgiveness in your heart and vengeance in your heart. So Ahithophel hasn't enjoyed his life for a long, long time because his vengeance has to be satisfied. And the day Absalom takes over, he flips up. Now he's enjoying his vengeance. Mm. But when his counsel is not accepted, he realizes the end game is here. He will not. He is absolutely wise. He knows he will not win. He will not win. David will win. Absalom is not going to win. And he did not understand the heart of David. He said, you know what? I don't want to be humiliated by being executed by David. David would have never executed Mm him don't understand, understand the heart of them. Boy, boy. Hmm. Okay, sometimes the man you hate, you don't even realize his heart is not what you think he is. Wow. It's a man who's loved by God. Hmm. These are things which we need to understand. So when we, when God is talking about, when you are even talking about pain, that's a pain that is towards God which leads to repentance, meaning complete change of mind and to salvation you receive the very life of God and that pain is taken away. Mm. He's able to heal. He's a balm of Gilead. And you have to believe when He heals your soul, unless like your body, because body is and and there, is there, your soul, He can make it perfect. Your mm. soul. Because He restores my, my soul. soul restores. The balm of Gilead can flow into your soul and heal it completely without leaving any scars. It's not like the body. body will leave scars. Not the soul. God can heal your soul. Because these are things which you need to understand. There are things which you need to understand in the new covenant. Because people will, people the preachers will preach and say, oh, if you have done this thing, it will leave a permanent scar on your soul. Then how can you be saved to the uttermost? You're contradicting scripture in the new covenant. If Hebrews 7.25 says, he's able to save to the uttermost who comes to God through him. Mm -hmm. He says, I will leave you with absolutely no scars. No scars. It doesn't matter. If you come to me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and you keep coming to me, I will leave no trace of it at all. I will restore your soul. You have to, that's what I'm saying, when new you comment. read the word of God, you have to believe in the atonement. Mm-hmm. Because what is life now? It's not the blood. It no is the spirit. spirit. Mm-hmm. It is not the blood. I've given you blood to make atonement. That's for the old man. But the new life is the life of the spirit. That's life of the spirit, when it flows into the soul, your soul is being completely be transformed. That you are being taught mm-hmm. to think, like Christ thought, mm. you have the mind of Christ. The Bible says, "Hallelujah." You think as Christ thought, and mm. that is the soul. Your will is totally being surrendered to God. Your emotions are sanctified by the Spirit of God, and your mind—you have learning. I mean, we're not saying you reach perfection, but you are learning, progressing, yes. progressing yes. towards yes. that. That is the whole. That is what salvation is. So your beginning of, your salvation is only a beginning. That's what the Bible says. Jesus is the author and the finisher of faith. What is the end of faith? The The salvation salvation of of your souls. souls. That is the end. That's 1 Peter 1 9. What is the end of your faith? The salvation of your soul. The whole soul is saved. So you have to read the book of Joshua in the light of your soul. Mm the light of your soul. You have to look at the, read the book of Joshua. This is the book of Joshua. Because Joshua is a type of Christ. Arise. Cross that river. And take the land that I'm giving to you. So you have to realize there is a life God has given. I have come to give you life. Life. life In abundance. (laughs) I have to cross that river and there is no crossing back. Amen. That's the river I will cross. That's the river of baptism. I will die in my baptism and I will rise up as a new man. Then I'm going to fight it. I We're gonna fight it. And there are strongholds. Ancient strongholds. Hmm. These are not strongholds as old as you are. This is strongholds as old as man, man. Adam, 6,000 years old strongholds. Men refuses to apologize. Women refuses to apologize. Don't worry, Adam didn't apologize. Neither so, did Eve. 6,000 years old in you. It's the blood that is flowing. The iniquity has been passed down. Hmm. Break that stronghold. He didn't say sorry, she didn't say sorry. They defended themselves, passed the blame. Do you do it? Yeah. Oh, it's not 60 years old, it's 6,000 years old. This is Jericho standing there. It will not allow anybody to get in, it will not allow God to get in, it will not allow an apology to get out. <laughs> <laughs> So what does God say? God says, keep quiet. Don't go say sorry in your emotions and then half an hour later, I did not mean it. This is an ancient stronghold. Keep quiet. Keep quiet. I will tell you when is the time to say it. When you say it, when I tell you to say it, it will be from your heart. Mm. A lot of things are just from our lips, it doesn't even come from our our heart. heart. Exactly. And we think we can fool our spouses. (laughs) It says, it didn't even touch your mind, it is a reflex action. It's a reflex action. It's a (laughs) It does not even touch your mind or heart. I'll teach you this thing, but okay, say, it's okay, but I will teach you. Because no, because there is a life that flows from the heart. Everything is heart based. Heart means your spirit. Hmm. If a man believes in his heart, hmm. do you know that you can believe in your mind and doubt with your heart? <laughs> nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. And so many people, nothing happens because they don't believe with their heart. Hmm. They believe with their mind. They have heard, they take notes, everything. They have listened to every message possible. Now they believe fully in their mind. They don't believe in their heart. In their heart, there is doubt and unbelief. And there's somebody else who comes in who hears the first time. They don't understand most of the things, but they believe in their heart and they just receive it like that as well. Because they believe in their heart. heart. Faith is of the heart. Mm. It is not of the mind. Yes, yes. It's not of the mind. But if the mind agrees, fantastic. But the mind doesn't have to agree. <laughs> mind doesn't have to agree, always. But you will still go by. It. That's what it means to follow your heart. Not what the world says. Mm. To follow heart means what the God is speaking to your spirit. As what the Word of God says, that is true. So even when you pray for healing, you must be able to believe in healing. In the heart of unbelief. <laughs> you be able, able to heart. believe in it. So the man believes. Mm. The man believes. Mm. Okay. Let us say Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. This man brought the disciple. Only three were there. The other nine were there. They brought him too. And they did everything they have done before. And mm-hmm. they did a few things which they saw Jesus doing. And the problem is the, the situation of the boy is starting to get only worse. Mm-hmm. No worse. So the problem is this is what you need to realize. You know what? When, let us say, Andrew and Philip said... We cast you out. And the situation of the kid became worse. What did you think got into their hearts? Unbelief. Unbelief and doubt. Mm-hmm. Because they came and asked them, Lord, why couldn't we do this? Mm-hmm. Because when you look at a situation and when you speak into it, what the devil will do is make it worse so that unbelief will get him
2: mm-hmm.
0: And doubt will get him. Mm-hmm. The simple question is, why did you do it in the first place? Because he said so. So, unbelief. after that, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything. So, now what has happened? Unbelief has got into the disciples. Even more doubt has got into the man. He says, I believe, but help my unbelief. He says, I believe in my heart. You can do it. (laughs) But, you know, mind is full of unbelief. Because everyone, including your disciples, where I went, to, things only got worse. Nothing is happening. So, the thing is that in your heart. That is the whole thing of getting word into our spirit. And when I'm talking about the word, I'm not talking about the old covenant mm. in that terms of meditating upon the law. Mm. No. Mm. Getting Christ into your heart. what mm. yeah, yes. so the Bible says, he is the, and that is where the spirit of God has come in. The spirit of God is there. Everyone who got saved, the spirit of God is given. But give him substance to work on. Mm. For the spirit of God to work on, he needs the word. Mm. He will not work where there is no word.
2: Yep. It does
0: not matter whether the word is uh, in your mind. He you mm. wants the word in your heart. heart. You may say, but I have memorized all of scripture. He says, yeah, but nothing got into your heart. Absolutely. Nothing got into your heart. It's all there in your mind. It's not getting into your heart. I'm looking for it to get into your heart. The minute you get into your heart, you believe. That's what Paul says. We believe, therefore we spoke. Mm. He says, but I believe. He says, really believe? He says, do one thing. Record it your 24 hour conversation and play it back and you can look at your words and you will know you don't believe yeah. you have memorized scripture but you speak unbelief because out of the heart proceeds evil what thoughts comes out thoughts, of thoughts. your mouth first thing is evil thoughts evil what is evil thoughts that is contrary to what god has spoken that's why he told them zip your lip don't say anything Because your forefathers got stuck for 38 years because of what they said. Mm. What they said. It was better for us to die in Egypt or even in this world. Did you bring us to the wilderness? He said, okay, you will not die in Egypt, but you will die in the wilderness. For my name's sake, you will not die in Egypt. But because of your unbelief, you will 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 die die in the wilderness. wilderness. So he said, be careful about what you say. Oh boy. So simple thing is that, no, don't say nothing until it gets in. Once it gets in, say because whatever we say, we say according to what we believe, and what we speak is unbelief. And we'll say, "How is it possible? Hasn't, haven't I memorized?" Like simple thing is that. Take our little children, Okay, little children, they all have memorized scripture, and if you listen to what they say, they don't say what is. This? According to scripture. Yep. But it's a good thing that they memorize scripture because this is the age when they can memorize because when you are young, you can really memorize because your mind works that way. But what they are seeing is what they are perceiving through their senses. Yep. So that is what is gone into their heart. Mm-hmm. So when they open their mouth, they speak according to what they believe. But you will say, didn't my child recite Psalm 119? Yes, In the mind. Mm. It's not got into their heart. Yep. Got into their heart. So the word of God, the principles of the word of God. How does God function? How does God do things? That is what it means believing in God has to get into our heart. Uh, thy word hidden in in my in heart, heart. Mm-hmm. because in you need to you need to realize if you go to Romans chapter <coughs> four, Romans chapter four, chapter four. Verse uh, 17, 4.17. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So he called him Abraham, when technically he had no son. Mm. He had a son by the maid, but that's not even counted. So God... Called those things which are not by naming him Abraham. And said, now you also ask, anybody asks you, tell them your name is Abraham. Calling things which are not as if they are. Mm. Who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Do you know that's what we do? See, even unbelief, you speak, you speak things you which are exist, not existing. and yeah. bring it into our lives. Yes, 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 absolutely. There is no way you can escape this law. That is a law. We are mm. calling things which are not as if they are. Life and death is in the power. <laughs> we are, calling things, are, are. calling things that are Calling things that are. So God says, "That's the way I made you." Yeah. But I am telling you, you need to put your faith in God, mm. believe, 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 and then call those things. That is, that is faith. Mm-hmm. All those things. And Jesus was so, I will show you how, Jesus, you have to be, you have to read scripture to understand. That's what I said. Read the new covenant, focus on Christ. When you read the new covenant or the old covenant, what you have to ask God is, Lord, show me Christ, show me Christ, because I don't want any other life except Christ. Mm-hmm. That is the life you accept. You don't accept my life. You only accept, okay? Come to John chapter 11. Verse 1 onwards. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. is the only person, one of the few persons whose name is mentioned. Who was sick? (laughs) Okay. Town of Mary, Bethany. Okay. It was Mary who anointed his feet with okay. Now come to verse three. Three on one. Then the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death. For the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. He heard something. What did he say? The sickness is not unto that. Hmm. He's absolutely careful to speak life into every situation. Okay? Hmm. Then the Bible says he stayed. Okay? Stayed there a few days. Okay? Go to verse 11. These things he said, and after he had said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go, that I may wake him up. Again speaking life. he's only sleeping. <laughs> he disciples the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. Okay. <laughs> and verse 14. Then Jesus said to them, plainly, You didn't understand my language. but Let me put in your language. Mm. Lazarus is dead. But Lazarus is dead. Okay, but I told you that death is just asleep. I'm going to wake him up. I'm going to wake him up because they are confused. If he's sleeping, then why do you have to go there? He can wake up on his own and all that. He's, he's dead, but I'm not talking to you. Death has death. I'm talking to death has sleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. You have to see how careful he's with words. Because he knows life and death is in the in his words. Okay, life and death is in his words. We all goofed up. We spoke so much death into our own lives, and everybody sells life. But God says, "Learn now, hmm. learn now, learn, and change." Oh boy, and change. Oh, so go. there is pain. <laughs> <laughs> there is pain. Okay, there is pain because our, the issue with pain. And sickness, these things, because they affect our body, yes. and then it affects our soul. Yes, yes. It affects our soul. Mm. Affects our soul, and after that, we start seeing everything through that light. Mm. Literally, we become painful people, <laughs> <laughs> and we create a. We are like uh, uh, Jabez, mm? mother called him pain he realized that he says you know what I don't want to be that I don't want that to be my life I want it to change that I will not cause anybody pain though I caused my mother whatever it was misunderstood about pain so we have to be very very careful about it because after that we will see everything through the light of our sorrow or we will see light of our uh, what we call our disease mm-hmm. Because from morning onwards, so go to night, we are factoring our disease in. We are not factoring health. Mm-hmm. You got to, uh, whatever disease is when you go to this thing, and you are saying, "Hope, hope tomorrow is not a terrible day. Today was bad. All my bones were aching, and you're you are thinking sickness. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking health, and you're not even speaking health, even if today was bad." What you think you think health. You speak health. Otherwise you will see. See, she is dying in childbirth. And that sorrow has gripped Rachel.
2: Hmm.
0: Now she's speaking it out. She called him son of my sorrow. Now she's speaking from her sorrow. But sorrow is gripping her. She's dying and she should be thinking, okay, I am dying. Yet as I die, let me bless my son. No. Let me, son. But she's so overwhelmed by sorrow, she actually brings that sorrow into his life too. Okay, the father comes and cancels it, but he cannot cancel it fully because mm. the mother also has speak. The child has two parents, so the father says, "Son of my right hand." Mother says, "Son of my sorrow." Both are so there. So they're both <laughs> are there. So the first Benjaminite you actually see is King Saul, the a man a son of a son of sorrow, and a son beginning as a son of joy and ends up as a son of sorrow. Then we see the next great Benjaminite, Apostle Paul, begins Benjamin's as a of son of sorrow. sorrow and in Christ becomes a son of joy. Mm. If you look at the root, where did this come from? Starts there. Starts there. Go back to their history. Go back to their root and you will realize this is what happened when Benjamin was born. Mm. Mother in our sorrow named him ben, uh, Benoni. Benoni. And the father from faith cancelled it and said, I call him Benjamin. And you see this playing out. no playing That's what happened with Jabez too. His mother called him Jabez and he said, no, I'll turn to somebody higher. I'll turn to God and say, Lord, can you cancel this out in my life? And God, that's why in that chronology of genealogy, suddenly this incredible prayer is written over there. One man's testimony God changes because in this entire line, one man believed and he prayed a prayer and God changed his life. And God says, that he put it there for generations. So when you look at pain, when you look at sorrow, when you look at justice, you can't change. But you have to do whatever you can within your own influence. Okay, like for me, in our church, I have more influence than many of you because I have been given a pulpit. And the pulpit goes into my church and other churches. So I have given more influence. So, each one has to work according to their influence to bring justice. Mm -hmm. And how do we bring justice? One, by being just. Two, by preaching the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. Preaching the justice. So, this is how we this thing. And evil. We have to fight evil. We have to hate evil. We have to fight evil. Again, within our own spheres, we have to handle it. But, you also need to realize one of the ways you can end all this When the gospel is preached to the ends of the world, the end will come. So if you really want to end all evil, be a witness, be a testimony, because the church has the power to hasten his coming. It's written, the only entity on earth that has the power to hasten the coming of If it is written hasten, that means he will delay. It is not God's will that any man should perish. perish. So it's God's will that every man should hear the gospel at least once. Mm. And if the church fulfills that commission, he will come. So we have to realize, mm. Lord, make me a vessel. Lord, make me a witness. Lord, a whatever. Mm. How can they believe unless, unless they, they heard. hear? How can and they, they hear, hear unless they are sent. Sent. sent? So everybody should be in the part of that sending, sending process. Is what there are few people who are sent, but everybody is part of that sending process. What should I do? But God says, pray, pray for my servants everywhere. Pray, give, pray, give. These are the things. Why? Because the word of God can reach the ends of the earth. That is the whole purpose. Why? And the end is come. Then the outward person is perishing, it does not matter because the inward man is being renewed and renewed, renewed. Because inward man is being prepared for that world. He will get a body that will enjoy that world. So the inward man is getting more and more and more excited. He's now, like, he's now, what do you call it? Groaning to be released from this body. Because now this body has become a constraint for him. Because that soul that is being transformed was not meant for this body. This body is now a prison for him. So they see it as a prison they don't see the saints don't see this body as because the carnal man or the worldly man sees the body is the end of everything, so he's trying to live out everything in his body, but the saint sees the body as a prison because they realize this body is a hindrance because now my soul is meant for another body and another world ah. that is how you start living so, so he's not disappointed. The bible says, we are not disappointed. Okay. Though the outward man, man is, is perishing, perishing, if you look at that 16 to 17, and maybe you'll close. Second no? Corinthians 4. Hmm. Second Corinthians 4, 16, 16 to 17. 17. No? Though we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. The pain, the sick disease, the sorrow, the evil, the injustice, all that hmm. afflicts you, See, it has light affliction. Mm. All this is what afflicts you in this world, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So even for Paul, the affliction which God allowed him, whatever it was, brought forth for him in a great weight of glory because it kept him humble, Mm. kept him meek and lowly. So he had the heart and the mind and the attitude of God. So it worked for him, but while he was living, it is a very it's a constraint.
2: Hmm.
0: Whatever it is, it troubles him every day. It's a real trouble. Whatever it is, it is a real trouble. We don't know what it is, we can only assume and presume. But it really gives him trouble every day. So he has to humble himself to live with it because he has to go. He says, My grace is sufficient for it. How do you receive grace? By faith. He says, You have to live by faith in this case. I'm not going to heal you. But I will give you the grace each day to live with it, whatever it is. So, you have to humble yourself, come to me by faith, receive the grace for every day. You know what? And he looks back and says, you know, in eternity it actually worked for me. Hallelujah. Weight <laughs> of glory. Why? The reason is verse 18. While we do not look at the things, things which, which are, are seen, seen, but are but at things which are not seen. Though we look at things which are seen, we will look at them and say, you know what? This is as momentary as my afflictions. Mm. Things that I seen prosperity, wealth, possessions, all these things are as momentary as the afflictions. So you are not looking at that. But things which are not seen, for well, the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. But when I look in the mirror, I see my body. It's temporary. Mm. What I cannot see is my soul, which is eternal so God says <coughs> don't worry about your body take care of it don't worry about your body but be concerned about your soul that is what is eternal mm. eternal but there is a container <coughs> call the body <coughs> that is a container Okay. now for the container wash it, clean it, let it be because we don't want a fragile container because if you drop it, it will break but if it is a steel glass we won't hold it like this See, even if this is empty, we will hold it carefully because we don't want it to fall and break and live all the shards there. But if it's a steel glass, we'll hold it casually. Even if it falls, nothing is going to happen. So he says, take care of your body. Because that's the container in which the soul operates. Soul operates. So talking about the body being holy and acceptable to God. And then immediately talks about the mind. That is where the soul is. The mind is in the soul. So so sickness affects the body. Fight it. Don't accept it. Don't accept it. Sorrow will ultimately start affecting the body because you start getting depressed. Mm. And depressed people do all kinds of crazy stuff. A lot of people are depressed. You need to... Lord, the spirit of depression and heaviness is heavy on planet Earth. A lot of things which people do is basically because of depression. Either they eat and eat and eat and eat or they starve and starve and starve and starve or they will watch movie after movie or sports after sports. Why are they filling their minds with entertainment? Because they are depressed. You need to realize people are depressed. See, Jesus was never depressed. See, everybody, we are supposed to be enjoying time God has given us precious time, but everybody is trying to kill time because of depression. Because of depression, mm-hmm. we need to realize that's not the way to look. In the end, we enjoy nothing. Yeah. Enjoy nothing. People yeah. are depressed, and the reason people are depressed is because they have no purpose. They have no purpose. No earthly purpose will lift depression. Why is Solomon depressed? Because he lost purpose. That's so when I was watching all the celebrities coming for that wedding or whatever, looking at their faces and I said, my gosh, one whole set of depressed, fake people. <laughs> oh, oh boy. So true. Looking at them and saying, my gosh, they are all depressed. Oh, what a life they love. What a fake life. False life. Absolutely false, empty life. Learn. They're all depressed. So, people go into drugs, people get into alcohol, people get into all kinds of addictions. Anything is a work. They don't even enjoy their work. Work addicts, workaholics. What are they? Depressed. Depressed. No healthy relationships. Look at Jesus. Absolutely healthy relationships. Whom he loved, he loved them till the end. Almost. And he lived his life under God Fullest. and lived this day. And he enjoyed his life. Yet he had nothing. He was among the sick. He never fell sick. He had no money. But he was always rich. But he mm. was... You need you to understand. Money. It's not the, it's not the question of your money. It's not a question of... At all that, it's not a question of your money. Let me ask you this question. Take the feeding of the 5,000. Plus men, women and children. Let us say put 10,000 in the wilderness. In the wilderness. Okay. Do you know how long it will take even for Ambani to feed them? Logistics. 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 He has to get his first clearance for his helicopters and his vehicles all to bring the food. He can. But do you know how much it will take him? (laughs) Do you know when the first Iraq war took place, Norman Schwarzkopf, who was in charge of that, do you know he asked for six months to get all the logistics in place? He says, I will not invade unless I have this much all logistics in place, army, manpower, weapons, armaments, and food supplies. Then I go in. Do you know how God led 3, 000, around 2 million people, 600,000 men, women, and children in the desert with no logistics? Absolutely knowledge Walk in and fed them for 4,040 years. That is riches. That is riches. Mm-hmm. That is why he said he has made the poor rich in faith. We are talking in terms of wealth, in terms so of wealth. No, that's not what God is talking about. You can be absolutely rich and be poor. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have that power. But Jesus had the power. Mm-hmm. That's that is riches. That is what faith brings mm-hmm. You need to understand what faith mm-hmm. can do. Mm. Faith can feed Faith can meet any need mm. Faith uses money But even if there is no money Faith can still take care of it oh, God may use money, God may not use money man. They are thinking in terms of money Six months wages, God says give it to them yeah. Hand it over to me Hand it over to me So we need to realize the various facets of faith And you need to ask yourself It's not whether I am rich The question is, am I rich in faith? But God says you cannot be rich in faith unless you're poor. <laughs> unless you're poor. Yes. So you can be rich in material wealth, and yet you have to be poor in in the spirit to be rich in faith. Yes. So Abraham is rich. He's absolutely rich. But in one thing, he's absolutely poor. He has no child. Yes. God made him poor, a beggar. Mm. When he and his wife's body was as good as dead, dead. he's a beggar. And then God made him rich. And did not stagger in unbelief, unbelief, in hope, against hope, he believed. Then he made him rich. But earlier he was rich. So God could not do anything. He was rich. He said, okay, I am okay. You are the not the well. Let's have a child through the maid. God said, I can't do work in you because you are rich. He was rich. So God waited. He waited another 13 years. and Then came and said, now you can't produce anybody, right? Yeah, okay. Now I'm, he laughed. He laughed. He laughed because he thought God needed his riches to make him right. do something. He said, I don't need you. That's why I waited. I waited. That's why he laughed. He said, let Ishmael be. He said, I will bless him because he said, but that's not, he won't inherit. We don't understand how these fundamental principles work. Because we don't even understand what real wealth is. You have to look at the life of Jesus Christ and realize he was among the sick. He never fell sick. Yet he was always touching the sick. And they were always around him. Every kind of disease. But he never felt sick. When he's in the wilderness, away from humanity, you have all these people and he says, let's feed them. Not that he's doing it randomly, he's hearing. But you need to realize what is the power of abundance, what is the power of wealth. What is that you can do. So that's how you have to look. Look at your own life. Look at your own resources. And say, am I rich or not? That's why we say we are a very rich church. Very rich church. Look at our resources. Very little. Look at how many we have fed over the years. Literally, physically, spiritually taken care of. You know why? Because we are not rich in wealth. We are rich in faith. We trusted our God. Trusted our God. And we are not boasting. About, we are not boasting about what Christ Christ did through us. Okay. That's the challenge of faith always. But if we project ourselves, God will stay back, will stay stay out, no, will stay out. In this simple personal life, what has God called me, that's purpose, what has God called me to be? Even if it's a cog in the machine, I'll be the best cog in the machine, as simple as that. That's that one little nut in the machine, the cog in the machine. If that nut is missing, if the rattling starts in your car or something. But I'm going to be the best nut in this machine, Lord. That is what you call me to be. I want to be. This is my purpose. I found my purpose. Here I am. And then bring. Once you found purpose, bring faith into it. You know what? In this purpose, I'm going to be rich in faith. For me to be rich in faith, first I shall be poor in myself and be rich in Him. So there is an empty, so there can be a fill. But if you are not emptied, he cannot fill. Yes, you cannot be filled. Then you will realize. You know what? I find I am okay. I am good. I am content. And you are a blessing. You are a blessing. Not that you are blessed. You are a blessing because you cannot be blessed. You can't be a blessing blessed unless you are you blessed. blessed. Yes, you are blessed. And God is able to consistently bless you because you are a blessing. There yes. is the outflow of life. Outflow of life. That's as simple as that. This should not be competition. There should not be envy. Because if you found your purpose, where is there? Where is there room for competition? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Competition? No. It's no issues at all. That's how it works. It's very simple. That's why, when even when you read the Old Testament or the New Testament, look for Christ. Look for faith. Lord, build my faith. Final verse: Jude one twenty, one One of my favorite verses.
1: Build yourself in the Most Holy Faith, praying in the Spirit. And
0: keep yourself in the love of God. Okay. Three things. Jude, Jude, Jude. Jude 120. 120. Not John, John. Keep yourself in the love of God. First thing, keep yourself in the love of God. 120, okay, not 21, 20. 20. 20, 21 again. Beloved, building yourself upon your most holy faith. Understand the nature of your faith. It's holy. Faith is most holy because (laughs) it comes from God. That Uh is through faith we partake of the life of God. Uh So faith is most holy. Praying in the Holy Spirit, continuously pray in the Holy Spirit Uh every day. People are calling me for prayer, including till evening, morning, every time. What I tell people is that you know what? Most of the things when things happen in your life, you don't understand, and you don't understand. Pray in the Spirit. Paul says, I pray with understanding, with understanding and I pray in the spirit. And he says, Thank God I pray in tongues more than all of you. Because if you look at his life, he never understood where he was going and mm. what was going to happen the next day. <laughs> so he had to pray in the spirit more. That's how you prepare yourself. Because he who prays in, in the, the spirit, spirit one, he speaks mysteries to God. Second, he edifies or strengthens himself. So God says, there are ways in which you can really build yourself. One, build up in your most holy faith. Second, praying in the Spirit. And above all, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself. Stay. Whatever you do, do it because of love. And stay in the love of God. And it says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So everywhere these things will keep coming back. They're coming back it is not random. It's purpose written. So search. Because our issue is our heart. Whatever is in our heart is what we will see when we search. Yes. Caleb, okay, just okay. watch October
1: 14 now. I don't have to go there. Do you want to go there? Yeah, 14, 6. 14, six, 14,
0: six, 6 or 7. 6, or
1: seven. Seven, six and 7. Four seven. 14, 6 and 7. Okay. This is 7 and 7. seven. 47,
0: 47. Yeah. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnia to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as, as it, it was, was in my heart. Look <laughs> <schools. laughs> uh, <yesterday. laughs> I love this word. 43 so, years so he, so stood. <laughs> he stood. Now 43 years have passed. He's 83 years old, and he says, as strong as I am today. As I was. Why is he strong? One, because of his faith. His faith was hard. Faith. Second, he says, you know what? My purpose is not still over. Mm. I will not lose my strength until my purpose is over. My purpose is I want this mountain. Mm. I, had, I had already decided. When I spied <laughs> the land, I already decided I wanted this mountain. Mm. Until that mountain is achieved, my purpose is not, not over. All. So, Lord, I am believing for strength until my life is over. And my purpose is over, Lord. My st- let not my strength away. Yes. It's how you learn from these incredible mm. people of faith, old covenant people who did not have the spirit in them, the spirit with them, or upon them, and what faith they had, how they hung in you know, over there. And it's through
1: patience, he inherited he the inherited promise, promise for forty three years. So. That is where purpose it? is. So important. <laughs> and purpose
0: so is not just what you. It's not just what you do. It's what God has spoken to you yes. about yes. you. Mm. Each one. It's not that yours is better than mine. Mine is better. than What is God? See, one thing I was telling somebody again this morning. I was talking. I was telling that is that you know one thing about God. Why is so good to surrender to God's will? One, God is good to his his father. He loves you. Second, there are only three categories of God's will: good, pleasing, and perfect. There's nothing called bad. bad. <laughs> maybe so. God's will has only three categories: good, pleasing, perfect. Why do you want to miss that? Mm. You always have to compare Is my good and God's good Can it be compared No No. My pleasing and God's pleasing Can it be compared No. My perfect and God's perfect Be compared No Lord I will surrender to your will I want your will Mm. I want your will Because I know it is good I know it is pleasing I know it is perfect So we should not Fear to surrender to the will of God should not fear to surrender the will of God. Because that is when purpose can be revealed. Then God will start revealing your purpose. And when purpose is revealed, you know what it is, the whole thing. So there are so many things, you know. Like I said, uh, why is Herod is going to execute Peter according to Herod, according to the system of the law or whatever the law of the king is. He is going to execute Peter next day. Peter is sleeping. Purpose. Paul is in prison. Mm -hmm. See, none of these people, you know why? Because God had told Peter, Mm -hmm. you will not die die. this way. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You will die of old age. Mm -hmm. Paul is supposed to stand before kings. And both of them realize, you know, we can't die. We are in the love of God. (coughs) Our purpose is not fulfilled. How can I (coughs) die? How can I die? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you understand purpose and you're living and living by faith for that purpose. Even an accident cannot kill you. Cannot kill you. You cannot be killed. You cannot be killed. Because you are living for God's purpose. And God's purpose will keep you alive. Amen. Okay, That's why these things are also important. But don't get distinct about it. First understand the general will of God. General will of God. Okay? First learn the fundamental. You cannot learn calculus if you don't know addition and subtraction. You know, first learn fundamental will of God. This is what God wants me to do. That's what God doesn't want me to do. So you have understood Romans 12, 1 and 2, every day. Make an effort. Make an effort to rise up, to surrender, go to God and speak. He will tell you when it becomes a practice, you will realize how clearly he speaks in the morning. He just falls in like this. So clear it is in the morning. Because by faith, and by choice you have given him the best time of the day you gave him your best brought your first fruits of that day Lord this is the best time I'm giving it to you you will realize how clear it is and then sufficient and under the days of the troubles thereof but you are prepared you are prepared it doesn't faze you you don't go down under the pressure don't go down under the pressure because you know what you heard but if you haven't heard from God, even the slightest pressure starts troubling you. Mm. So it is not that pressure or the external things that is coming that is pushing you down. It's simply because you did not rise up in the morning, meet your maker, and enter into his rest. Enter into his rest. Once you've entered into his rest, then you're functioning from rest. It's the a simple things. Simple, simple thing. But start that way. Teach the children that way. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing is not to get run this thing and all. Okay. Do what you have to do, wash yourself, this thing and all. Learn five minutes to spend time with God. Five minutes to spend with God. Ten minutes spent with God. Go. Talk to God in your own language. Talk to God in your own language. Learn to talk. Like Samuel, he must have mother must have taught. Then he saw before Eli then one day God spoke to him. And the Bible says very clearly, Samuel had not heard from God before that. Mm-hmm. God not had spoken. But that day he heard. Now, but the simple thing is that if you have not been taught that there is a God who speaks and therefore practice, how will you hear? How will you hear? Because chi- children learn everything by imitation. Yeah. They learn everything by imitation. So you say, don't worry. Just do it. By faith, do it. One day you will hear. Do it. Do it. One day they will hear and they will say, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Don't contradict them. When God speaks to them, He speaks to them as a child. He will give give them all theology and also, what did He speak to you? That doesn't sound very theological. No, don't dampen their faith. Praise God, God spoke to you. Keep on hearing. Keep on hearing. Keep on hearing. And then the Bible keeps saying the word of God is keep on coming to little somewhere. And then it is going out from him. I mean, if God speaks to people in the old covenant to whom the word of God has been given, doesn't he speak? Doesn't he speak? You know? So keep hearing, keep listening, the messages, keep reading the word of God, do these simple things, and one day God will say, this is your purpose. When purpose has been defined, then you have been honed. That is like specialization in medicine. (laughs) Now you know, this is what I have, Lord. Prepare me, Lord. One thing, one purpose. I have to finish my purpose. That's what he meant by finish my race. I finish my purpose. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go home. Before that, he cannot be. If You read Paul's account of his life in the book of Acts. At every place he should have died. One place he left him for dead and they resurrected him and he came. He should have, how many times he should have died? But when the book of Acts is finished, he's still not dead. He's still sitting in his house and (laughs) (laughs) teaching. Waiting for, (laughs) I always worry about that 50 or 20 people who took a fast unto death that they will not break their fast until they kill Paul. I wonder how they died. Because they couldn't kill him. They made a vow. Yeah, in the zealots they made a vow they were going to fast until they They killed they're gonna get him and they kill him, but they couldn't. You cannot be killed. You cannot be killed. No, because you are living the life of Christ. How can Christ be killed before his time? (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. You cannot kill. Okay. Because awesome. he said,
1: I have the power to lay it down, but I have the power to pick it up.
0: That's <laughs> it. <laughs> it should be like, you should be able to say, like, okay, Caesar is going to execute me. He thinks he's going to execute me. He doesn't know I'm ready to go. No. I'm laying down my life. He's just the instrument through mm. which it will go. So, Pilate was the instrument on which Jesus was crucified, but he laid out his life. Mm. Herod, Caesar, Nero was the one who was the instrument God used to execute Paul, but Paul was laying his Christ in him and said, time to go home. Come on. That's how we should live life. Without fear. Absolutely no no fear of death at all. You have to read script. I mean, final two verses for today. Absolutely. Because Paul also will say, now finally, brethren, after writing so many times, you will still come and say, and then you will write one whole chapter finally, okay? Um, 25, 26. John 11, 25, 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he Remember, may die, he sure. shall live. And whoever loves and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? <laughs> I believe this is one of the most important questions Jesus asked to us. Do you believe this? Mm. Do you believe this? Even if you die, you shall live. Do you believe this? Whoever loves and mm-hmm. believes in me and shall in me. never mm-hmm. die. Second one. Do you believe this? shall mm. never die. You have to believe. I will never die. No. I'll never die. I will just fall asleep. I will never die. Is anybody afraid to go to sleep? No. Mm-hmm. I will never die. I'll just fall asleep and wake up on the other side. I will never die because you said, I believe. I believe. That's how you should really, you know. I'll go to sleep. Here. Wake up there. I will. You have to deal with these things in your mind so that because the greatest fear of man is the fear of death. Mm. Everybody doesn't fear every sickness, but sickness that leads to death, people fear. Mm. <laughs> Some sickness we have, no, we ignore it. But sicknesses that lead to death, we start fearing because ultimately it's the fear of death. So look at these things i listen and what? Wow, he said it. I believe it. I shall not die shall not die i will not die. i believe he said i will not die so if i will not die then i have to live if i have to live i need purpose otherwise it's an empty life yes. i don't want to love empty life like all the celebrities the first celebrity was solomon empty life had everything and nothing no purpose at all i don't want to be a believer. I i don't want somebody who believes in you lord I love an empty life like that. I want a life with purpose. and That's the issue. The only one who can give you a purpose is God. Because that purpose will only cease the minute you die. Hmm. Any purpose you get in this world leave you empty. And leave you empty. You live in fear. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we'll close for the day, or the night rather, and you will pray.
1: Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, once again for speaking to our hearts, Lord. Lord, yes, Lord, we want to think life. We want to speak life. And we want to do life. Let these words ring in our hearts, Lord, even as we, Lord, go to bed this night, tonight. Life, think life and not death. Thank you, Father, for encouraging, exhorting, chastising and rebuking us. But Lord, we experienced your love through it all, even through the words of your servant. And even as we rest tonight, we commit ourselves to your kind hands. Lord, grant us a good night's rest. And grant us another day, Lord, in the land of the living, so that, Lord, we can prepare ourselves continuously for your coming. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. amen.
0: See you all tomorrow.